0: Hi, and welcome to The Jake Roque Show, a podcast dedicated to the pursuit of being happier, healthier, wealthier, and wiser. Each episode, I interview an interesting, creative entrepreneur, thought leader, successful business person, or all-around cool human, and see how we can gain some applicable knowledge to better ourselves and expand our worldview. On this episode, I'm joined by the man himself, Warren Lentz. Warren has tons of experience in the industry with special insight into working with influencers as a talent manager and now the director of creator partnerships at Fullscreen. He gives some powerful tips on being successful and making money on YouTube, getting brand deals, how to find a manager, some YouTubers that are great to work with and some that are a total pain, his favorite self-improvement books, and so much more. Warren's a really great dude, so without further ado, here he is. Warren, what's up? Welcome, it's welcome to the so show. so Good to be here, dude. Thank you for coming on. Um, Absolutely. To intro a little bit about who you are. Yeah. I feel like one before we even get there. I feel like this is going to be an interesting podcast for mm-hmm. those of you that are interested in, um, like the behind the scenes of yeah. social media content creation of like the YouTube world. Mm-hmm. Um. I also feel like me and Warren think similarly about yep. a lot of things too. So, it, so we've lots to be talk fun about. To like, yeah, bounce back and forth, and <laughs> we, we're into the same same kind of topics. Um, yeah. You are. I did a. I did a little snooping on your oh, official good. titles okay. on LinkedIn before you came in. <laughs> um, but you're the director of creator partnerships. Yep. At Fullscreen, and previously a couple years ago or so, you were mm-hmm. working as a talent manager for a couple years there as well.
1: Yeah, I've been in the space for about uh, nine years. So I went to film school at Northwestern, and then moved out here from Chicago. Okay. And yeah. I've had a lot of different titles, but I've been behind the scenes for a while. Um, uh, I started at WME, which is, like, a big talent agency. Right, right. Uh, If you're listening to this and don't know what that is, that's, like, what, you know, there's CAA, WME. That's where a lot of the the top, like, more, like, traditional talent are at. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, Ben Affleck and, you know, those folks. But then, um, then I went over to Yahoo. I was at Yahoo for three years producing digital content and kind of running talent for them. And then I've been at Fullscreen for almost four years now doing a bunch of different things with YouTubers and influencers and brands. And uh, I'm sure I have a lot to say about that.
0: Yeah. So I feel like I didn't tell you about this, so oh, it's kind of fun. But okay. when I was looking through your LinkedIn, someone wrote this review about you. That oh, was really? glowing. <laughs> I don't even know. This glowing that. review. <laughs> I and I was just like, this is probably a good summation of what you do. So Warren Lentz, it looks like it's a couple years dated because says talent manager. which. Okay. A little while ago, but talent manager doesn't begin to describe what Warren brings to the team. He's humble, hardworking, persistent, respectful, thoughtful, and composed. Warren is constantly learning, growing, and supporting others doing the same. He's a natural networker and extremely resourceful. We're going to talk about networking a little bit later, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I know you're a solid person at that. Making him a reliable and trustworthy teammate for our programs at Fullscreen, Warren not only finds the right talent to support our campaigns, but also takes the time to onboard the individuals as well as our internal team and clients to ensure a mutually beneficial relationship. Mm. He's involved in the entire marketing cycle, ensuring his decisions are pointed and strategic and allowing for him to own tertiary tertiary. Oh yeah. Fancy words on LinkedIn. Is, yeah. elements of the talent relationship such as production shoots, live events, press opportunities, etc. Wow. They go on a little bit, but I feel like, one, a lot of it seems spot on because I know you are a very, like, mm. strategic and, like, friendly person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like a lot of that, like, seems true. So I thought it would be good to talk about that. But it also gives a little bit of insight onto what you actually do working at Fullscreen, too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. Which which is I'm sure has changed over the years. As the director of creator partnerships, what type of partnerships are you working on?
1: Yeah. So right now, so Fullscreen has about 2,200 YouTube channels or, or, you know, influencers in our network. It's a lot. And it's a lot. It used to be a lot more than that. And we actually cut right. out. What was that? Right.
2: No, 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 yeah, no, it used yeah. to
1: be a lot more. That, uh, and then we we ended up um, really cutting down a lot of the ones that we couldn't monetize that well, because there's a lot of channels out there that can't be monetized or we right. can't sell against. But what I'm tasked with is I have a team of seven people, and we talk to a lot of different brands or companies that are looking to do marketing of some kind or you know endorsement deals, partnerships. And I'm we're my team is responsible for partnering them with talent that makes sense, right? Okay. So yeah. a lot of the talent that are at full screen, they're there for a few reasons. One, like we sell a lot of the media on their channels for a higher rate than Google might be able to sell. So that's mm-hmm. a big value add. And then we also offer a host of tools in order to help them optimize their channel. Uh, but then we also want to bring them brand deals when we can. So what I'm doing now is really trying to find who are the folks out there that want to spend money on influencers and, and and you know, ultimately, like, what does that look like? Like, what's right. the cycle of a deal? How does that even happen? So that's kind of what I'm doing every day now, and I've been doing this specific role for about uh, almost a year. Okay, yeah. epic,
0: epic. And when you're yeah. working as a talent manager, one, how many... Like I yeah. guess it's probably changed over over the years too because you guys have cut down a lot. But mm. how many people were you working with at a single point in time yeah. when you were managing talent?
1: So the talent manager that I was, I was on the brand side. So I was running AT&T's campaign for the year. So yes. I was like a buyer right. buying the talent. Um, but I was working with our official talent managers every day. So they would have on their their roster. That's what we call it. Their roster. Um, they would have anywhere from uh, like a hundred channels that they were responsible for talking to, um, and but the the ones that had you know more of the channels that took more time or were you know quote unquote higher profile I guess you could say mm-hmm. um, that might have been like maybe twenty or, maybe twenty or thirty.
0: Okay. Um, so there's a huge still a range. Pretty, still a pretty big number. Even. There's a pretty yeah. big
1: number. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if you're a talent manager and you're not working at a big company, I mean, you might you might only manage like maybe, you know, three or five or 10.
0: Right. Right.
1: But uh, it, it's just, it really all depends. If you have one talent that can really support your lifestyle from, you know, all the work you're doing with them, then then you can only have a couple. If, if you want to, but, the, I mean, you know, you're devoting your life to them, right? Like, right. Like, right. you know, you're with them when they travel and it's really hard to scale that.
0: Mm-hmm. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah, totally.
1: By the way, thank you for this juice,
0: bro. Of course,
1: I'm, I'm a. We can talk about that later, but I'm, I'm a health nut, and I've had had many, uh, many juicing sessions that have taken me hours on <laughs> the, Saturdays. Some
0: juicy juicing sessions. Yeah, yeah so exactly. it's kind of becoming a theme on the podcast actually. Because Is I, it? I like juice. Oh, pretty, yeah. <laughs> pretty consistent. Every couple of days <laughs> or so, and so people come over. I'm like, oh yeah, you, you know, most people love juice, so give them some fresh squeezed carrot, apple, celery juice. Yeah, no, that's what it's good. all about.
1: It's really healthy. For you. <laughs> it's healthy for you because there's no fiber, so it goes right into your bloodstream.
0: Really? Yeah. so yeah, yeah. You feel it right away. I know that there's some like there's some like ups and downs to like like juice over like mm-hmm. vegetables. Some pros and cons, but yeah, that's, that's well, what I w- pros. yeah. I
1: mean, I would argue juice your vegetables. So then you take out the fiber, and then all the all the vitamins and minerals you, your body absorbs them so much more efficiently.
0: Wow. Right. So I didn't even I didn't even read about that. That's interesting. Yeah. I love it. I'm on the juice train. Well, yeah, keep yeah, going. Mainly because it's just, I mean, because it's so good.
1: Well, it all—it helps, <laughs> helps your
0: skin. It helps your sleep. Yeah, you yeah. have
1: to do juice. You have to have vegetables, though. If, you, if it's all like apple juice, for example, right, salt, so sugar. sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this Get is good. This is celery. A little splash. Yeah, we just put a little the splash of apple. celery juice.
0: I love celery juice, but, man, sometimes it just comes out tasting like dirt, bro. Dude, like, if you ever juice
1: kale, that's brutal. Yeah. yeah. That can be spicy. But
0: I, I've kind of stopped juicing like leafy greens yeah. because, just because, like, for the finances of it. Not worth you a know, squeeze.
1: Yeah. Like, you put so much <laughs> in and you get
0: this tiny bit of juice. Especially spinach.
1: You yes, can get a huge bag yes. of spinach and get like half an inch. Right.
0: I got that Costco bag and yeah. it was like about to go bad. So I juiced the whole thing yeah. and I had like, like, high key, maybe a cup of spinach. Really? And it was like a five pound bag of spinach or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, it was huge. Yeah. That's brutal. Gnarly juicy vegetables kids <laughs> anyways <laughs> yeah um yeah i wanted to ask you too so like so having been a talent manager knowing mm-hmm. a lot around that what at what point in time would you say someone should start like getting on the you know i need a manager train you know mm-hmm. like when when is that like, what stage in someone's career is that a good idea and then also too how would you recommend somebody going about that let's say knowing that full screen has managers so yeah. like maybe talking a little bit about that but also like what other options might be out there for someone that's like maybe, you know, a musician mm. or or someone that's making whatever type of YouTube content or whatever it is, like where should that person go to get some management support?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great a question that hopefully a lot of people are thinking about. I, mm-hmm. I think if you're a creator and you know that you want kind of the like your your career to ultimately be creating and you want to get to a place where you can you can monetize um, what you're doing in in a meaningful way, then you should have a vision for having a manager eventually. I think the question is once you've made that decision and you know that's where your career is headed, then how, you know how do you go about doing that, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean the first thing is um, you know you're you're going to need to make yourself attractive to a manager to the point where mm-hmm. they're bought into your vision, like they see your talent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know th- they'll need to meet you and know that you know you're a good person to work with. Uh, there's a there's a handful of talent that just sometimes you know if you bring them a brand deal and they're not gonna reply to your email or they're gonna be late on it, it makes you as the manager look really bad. Yeah. And you know like for me example, I have like a lot of brands that I've worked with in the past. If I'm gonna vouch for a talent or a client and tell them, hey, you need to hire this person, they're you know they're they're obviously so talented. Here's all their stuff. You know, here's their metrics. Here's their engagement. Um, here's what they've, you know, here's what they've done in the past, and they're always on it. If I say that and convince them to hire you, and then you you blow it, that makes me look really bad, and that hurts my credibility. So,
2: right.
1: you know, I, I think that there's di- there's certainly different levels. Uh, if you're a talent that doesn't want to give a commission, like you know, let let's say you're making just enough to get by, you, you know, I mean, a good manager is not free. You you're gonna have to pay them you know, a 15% cut, or, I mean, some managers take 20 or 30, some will do 10, like the agencies do 10, but the managers typically do 15. Right. Um, You know, you're going to need to give up some of that money. Uh, But if you, uh, some talent don't want a manager until they really, really need it, because they just want to do everything themselves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's because, you know, I don't know if control freak is the right word, but uh, it is tough for a creative to be throwing themselves into their craft, while trying to keep up with an exploding Gmail inbox, you totally, know, you know what I mean. Totally, yeah. So I I think that there's not really a time where you need to get one, but if you start to get overwhelmed or you start to be in a place where you're actually making money, then you need to find someone. Because um, if there's deals coming in and you're not able to reply to them quick enough and you lose out on that money, then then your first priority should be finding someone that would want to hopefully manage you.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: You know.
0: Yeah, I feel like I feel like especially when you're at that, there's the benefits of one having someone to manage all that for you, even mm-hmm. someone that has the experience of, you know, t- being able to take what you do and seeing the value in it and approaching brands for you and saying mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, we have this proposition for you. Um, another big part of it too, I was talking with a, I was at the YouTube space yesterday. Yeah, which is right next to your work No, actually, I work huh? like 100 feet away yeah, from that. Yeah, I almost <laughs> I drove there. From I almost there. went to drop by.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> and, no, text me yeah, whenever you're there. Yeah.
0: Um, I was there and I was talking with a creator who actually his whole channel is, is centered around, um, K-pop, like revealing yeah. K-pop songs and stuff like that. And, and he's like blown up in the past year they're getting like, they're putting out like two, three videos a week. Each of them are getting 60, 70, 80,000 views of pop. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like a pretty, pretty solid thing that they've built up, especially in a, in a year's span of time. Yes. And he just did a, a brand deal for, um. I won't say the numbers for it because okay. I, I, I haven't asked his permission. But but yeah. it was like a six-video brand deal for much, much, much less than he should have been doing mm. to shout out um, some like drink or something Got like it. that. Um, and it was one of those things he's like, yeah, now I know because I've like done the research, yeah. but I'm curious but which like, beverage
1: company it is. I yeah, know, I know bang I, energy is spending a lot of money right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I don't, I'm not sure what it was. In fact, yeah, I haven't, I haven't said his name. So I think we'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, he, he's asked to come on the podcast too. I'm oh, sure he nice. would be fine talking about it. But, <laughs> but yeah, he, it was, it was six videos for $400. Okay. Um, and yeah, he, he should be like,
1: a little more than that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah.
0: And especially like people, you know, there's something called the social blue book, which is like a good mm-hmm. metric for you doing these things on your own. I would say it's a little bit generous towards the creator side from mm-hmm. my experience of like yeah. what, what people are able to work out, you know, yeah, for sure. But for sure. It, but it's a good place to see like, okay, this is mm-hmm. more or less close to the dollar amount. Even maybe you should be asking that mm-hmm. and then let people counter and say, okay, yeah. Like, you know, Let's say I'm social Blue Book says I'm doing a thousand per video. So, so I say a thousand. Someone counters with yeah five hundred instead of them coming up to you and be like, hey, we'll give you a hundred dollars for this video, and then you have to try and pull them up to yeah. whatever it is. You I, know? I, I
1: this I love this topic because th- yeah. this is this is a really a, applicable one. I mean, so today I closed a deal for a client. Um, this one was so the offer came in at twenty two hundred uh, for uh for two Instagram stories and one Instagram static post. Okay. And we ended up close I think I countered at like five or six grand and we closed at thirty five hundred. I didn't think the talent was going to accept because the talent usually gets like at least five grand. But it was a brand that they were excited about. So we ended up closing it at thirty five hundred. Right. Now that's an example going from twenty two hundred to thirty five, I think that's um like a 58% increase or, or I forget what it was but it, but it was substantial. Um so in this case like like being the manager we made our you know 15% cuz we got the offer up you know in a significant way but right right um the art of like negotiating is so big. I just finished a book called ne- uh, Never Split the Difference which is an awesome book about who's it by? Theory. Do you know? I don't remember who it's by but okay. it's by uh, this expert who used to Be a negotiator for hostage situations with the FBI. Oh, wow. So, a lot of the anecdotes he gives are like real life or death situations, but which I apply to these $3,000 YouTube deals. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, yeah, so I, I think $400. So that guy you spoke about earlier, you mentioned, like, if he's getting 70,000 views a video, just to do quick math. So three of those a week is, like, 210. Right. So f- four t- four weeks a month times 410, he's doing about 800,000 views a month. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I'm just thinking, like, how much does he make a year? You know, does he also have a full-time job on the side? Um, do you think your audience knows about CPMS and how those work?
0: Because I'm I'm curious if you want to talk about that at all. I'm sure some people do, but uh, it's a great thing to extrapolate on. Yeah. So CPM is is cost per mil, right? And it's one like a, well, yeah, a dollar amount for every thousand views, basically.
1: Yeah. So I think I think four dollars is, is is a good average. So four dollar a four dollar CPM is four dollars for every one
0: thousand views. Okay. Is that and is that for ad revenue on a channel or is that that's for, for endorsement like endorsement deals? So that's
1: for well yeah so CPM applies to both a CPM on YouTube is going to be a lot lower than a brand deal so right, that's why right. a lot of creators want. Um, a brand deal because they can get you know a four dollar CPM from YouTube or they can get you know much higher like a maybe like a thirty or forty dollar CPM from a brand deal. Okay. Yeah. But a rule of thumb I would say is every one million views a, a creator gets is probably about maybe two thousand dollars. Okay. So it's, it's for ad revenue. For ad revenue from from YouTube. Right. Right. It's actually four thousand, but YouTube takes you know, like forty five percent of that, mm-hmm. so um, the creator's getting you know half of that essentially. Right. But, I mean, if you're a YouTuber and you're getting a million views per video, you're making two grand a video. But if you're getting, like, a million views a month, you're making two grand a month. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, each person needs to figure out, like, can they live on that? How badly do they need other brand deals? Do they have to have a separate job until they get to a point where they're at five million views a month or,
0: you know, three million? Because you can go full-time way earlier, too, if you're able to go with those, like, those external brand deals instead of relying just on your ad revenue. Especially because depending on your type of content, too. Hmm. I've seen some people on YouTube that I know are getting, like, $11, $12 for their CPMs? ad revenue. Yeah, oh. which, is, which is very, very high. It's very high. I've also seen people getting, like, 96 cents yeah. for every 1,000 views, you know? Yeah. So it's, like, there's it, depending on your content, if it's considered, like, you know, there's, like, the whole, like, family-friendly kind of thing. You mm-hmm. get demonetized in that way. There's also things that people just will, will pay less for, you mm-hmm. know? So if you're, from what I've seen, people in that, like, finance and... Yeah. And like real estate world people will pay a lot more for that more targeted thing rather than if you're making music or doing yeah. lifestyle or beauty or whatever it is it's if it's a little bit more generic a lot of times too you're, you're from what i've seen your cpms are going to be a bit lower a lot lower yeah. yeah
1: and and you know the the obvious reason is that the type of viewer watching let's say like a like a real estate video might be the type of person that would have more disposable income so then brands are able to you know, they, they want to spend more on that channel. Mm-hmm. The other side of the, the equation is if you're a creator and you get to a point where you're making enough money from the brand deals and you don't care about being completely demonetized. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> um, like take David Dobrik, for example. Yeah. His videos are demonetized basically every single video because yeah. he plays ABBA music and he doesn't care, right? Yeah, so right. he's just, he has all these videos that get, you know, five to eight million views a video right now. And he's not making any money off that. Right. He's only getting money on merch and brand deals and and you know anything else that Jack brings him. And in my head, I'm going, okay, if he if he was able to monetize those eight million views and and get you know like 16 to 20 grand a video, it, that's insane. Right. But he's right. not, and he doesn't want to because he he made a personal decision. Uh, I I would think to know that he wants he'd rather grow his channel or give his his like viewers just the best video possible, so he's, you know, willing to use all the copyrighted music that he can find (laughs) and not care.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's a really interesting approach, because I think a big thing I see is the people that are willing to put, like, their content first of everything else, like, they're going to be the people that went out, not the people that are maybe focused on, like, okay, now I have
2: Mm -hmm.
0: a thousand views per video, how can I make the most money off this, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, no,
1: that's a good point, like, I mean... Mo- I mean, most of every successful creator has started by saying, "How can I make the best content?" Or you know, what do I love to do? They're not starting from place of, I'm going to do YouTube because I want to. I want to make tons of money.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's another question I had maybe for later, but I feel like it fits perfectly. Yeah, sure. which <laughs> is like, are there things with a lot of the creators that you work with? Are there some commonalities that you see that are? Yeah, like a similar trait through these really successful creators mm-hmm. that you see over and over that they're that they're all kind of doing or like kind of you know you know those things that you see in a lot of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. So the biggest thing is that look to be to be a successful creator where you're at a point where you're interfacing with like managers or people that work at brands, whatever. You have to have gotten to a certain place where you're getting like a decent amount of, of views and you have a following, and that doesn't happen by accident, and it takes a lot of skills like it's not just they're, they're, you know if you look at an actor and an actor can focus on being an actor but if you look at a YouTuber they're usually um, their own DP their own editor their own producer their, their own writer their own actor if they're doing any kind of acting they, they go buy their own props um, they're everything right so right. it takes a unique individual to pull all those pieces together so I mean I view every talent as like their own producer which is why it's fun because if you're working with traditional talent they don't always have the same instincts that a quote-unquote like professional youtuber has Mm -hmm. um so i enjoy it because you know these people i work with every day they're multifaceted they're really strategic and holistic around how they think of their brand and their careers and it's not like i try not to look at what i'm doing day-to-day as just kind of like a brand slap like you know like let's slap this brand on your video like it really needs to make sense for you as the creator, with what, like for, for, for you, Jake, like, would this brand ever make sense to partner with you? Like, would you want that? Mm-hmm. But then also, you know, is the brand gonna have been excited about that partnership, right? When you talk about them, like, you know, is it something that you would actually be excited about and a, a product or a service that you would use? Or would you just be like, I just want to take the money and run? Because as soon as it becomes transactional, then everyone gets turned
0: off, right? Right, right. The viewers, and I think that's a big thing that you see too. When so- when someone sells out like on a single video, yeah, then nobody trusts, you know, the next twenty three videos that they come out with that are endorsed because it's like, well, yeah. you give this one crappy thing already, you know. And I've seen that like a few times with some big guys really? that you probably won't, <laughs> I probably won't name the names of, but yeah, I mean, it's like you see them drop, you know. A video that's like yeah. encouraging their young fans to gamble, you know, like on this yeah. stupid thing that you History know mystery gonna- box. Yeah, 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 is that was that that was the one that a yeah bunch we were part of that did.
1: that would hit the trades. So I mean, uh, Rice Gum and a few others partnered with this company called uh, Mystery Box. Right, right. And it, you know, Rice
0: Gum, Jake Paul. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And and uh, ultimately, it was this company where you buy this 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 gift box, and then it's kind of a surprise what comes in the box. Oh, okay. So, I know, did
0: see that one. There was another one that I saw that was a little more sketchy. That what was, was, it, was it? I think it was it was mainly like. It was just straight up like online gambling. You pay money, and then like, and then yeah, that's there is some sort of like you might win some kind of prize or whatever. But but yeah, the mystery box thing, I saw, I saw this one too, which similar similar lane.
1: Yeah, similar lane, and I mean, each creator needs to just know. They also need they just need to know their audience, Mm -hmm. you know, and they also need to know where 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 their moral boundaries are. Like you know, like is promoting gambling something that you want to to open up your audience to, or are you gonna lose? 10% of them and then make the other make 5% really mad. And like, you know, you just don't know where they're at. And, right. and uh, I mean, like, like a really big name, like, like everyone would want to brand deal with like, let's say Nike. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, whereas if, if there's a company that wants to sponsor like a home renovation kind of a thing, and then that, that in your 21 and in an apartment and that doesn't apply to you at all, then there's, there's no possibility to really work there. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a fluid conversation that we're having every day with, Tons of brands and tons of creators, but it's fun though because I, I love making deals and I love, you know, bringing money to
0: people and,
2: right
1: and you know, getting the brand excited. Yeah, so yeah. it's fun.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't, uh, to circle back to that question a little bit, I, don't, I think I pulled us a little bit away from it. No, but yeah. But what, what, are, what are some of those like, those common things that you're seeing these creators too? Got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I like took us down another train. Yeah. No, no. That's a really good question. I think. Because I think there are things that you'd like, you know, a lot of the successful people yeah one
1: of them is uh, being a good entrepreneur or just being self-governed i i would say like okay, yeah. you, you you can't like no one's going to babysit you or or make you do it um unless you have a manager and that's kind of <laughs> became their role which happens sometimes mm-hmm. but you you know you need to kind of be able to handle your own schedule you need for example if you want to if you want to grow and you're in this this stage where you're starting you're starting to get traction and you're starting to get some some people following you like you need to post consistently and not stop, mm-hmm. and that's tough because it's tough to not take a break and that that's where the burnout comes from. Right, um, you know, it, it, a lot of people will will hit a certain kind of point where okay, they 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 posted, you know. Like, like twice a week, and then they'll do it for a month, and they'll see, wow, I just got tons more viewers. You know, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do daily vlogs. I'm gonna do every day a video, every day, and then and they make this grand video about how guys get ready. You know, oh, you guys yeah. are loving this. I'm gonna do vid- and then I, they're I like see four days do in. All the
0: time. I've done it before. Yeah, no, totally. And, the, uh, <laughs> and then
1: they're four days in, and then and then and then they go, then they're gone for like eight days, and you're like, yeah. what happened to them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You totally. know, I, I think Cody Co actually made fun of this one channel. Where I, th- I think this guy said he was gonna like daily vlog and he hadn't posted <laughs> he, he like he didn't post even day two, like he didn't even start. And, oh, it had yeah. been like a year later and he fell off the face <laughs> of the earth. Um, but funny. no, so I would say like being like r- like having a good a good work ethic it sounds cliche, but it's it's really tough. Like the number one occupation that that young people want to be when they grow up right now is a youtuber or a blogger, yeah, right? It's, it's no longer like a professional athlete I think athlete was like number four yeah so it's not an actor it's not a rock star no. like and if you ask most youtubers say. that are doing it consistently right now I mean they are some of the hardest working people that I've ever met like they'll be people you know, don't know what they're signing up they for. they don't know mm-hmm. they like mm-hmm. like until you've edited till four in the morning and then had to get up at nine to go do another shoot and then like stuck to a schedule like it's it is um, it's kind of a thankless job like you have to be self yeah. self motivated. Right. Unless you're reading all the comments and that's your source of like getting thanked. Um, Which, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're lucky. Which is a slippery if you're slope. One of those people. <laughs> yeah. That's a slippery slope. <laughs> totally. You know, for every 100 positive comments you get, um, the one negative one will start to sting potentially more than the 100 100 feel good. Totally. So totally. some creators say they don't look at it, and I don't know if I believe them fully. But
0: yeah, hopefully yeah. they
1: have self control not to look at all. Right. Of
0: them. I think I think there's like a super healthy balance in it too, because one like mm-hmm. like one a lot of the people that are gonna follow you, they're like you know they're about what you're doing and they're gonna be supportive. You yeah. Know, it's it's hard to maintain an audience that hates you. Like that's like a difficult thing to do. You know. So yeah, that's for, a good point. Yeah, for the most part, people like. You're gonna see like a lot of love. I feel like you in, know in just about anybody's comment sections, but also you'll see like a, probably a minority of hate. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think it's like less than, you know, what percent of the comments like yeah maybe may, yeah maybe like yeah five to one depending on the type of content whatever it is. But I think that there's a super healthy balance of like looking at what people are saying, taking it in like even the the positive and the negative because I know mm-hmm. for me like. There are times, and a, and a lot of times too, what I think people don't realize when they're commenting is like they already are thinking the things you're thinking mm-hmm. or that, that aren't good, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you come in and they're like, yeah. oh, this part of it sucks, like for <laughs> me, for me, and I'm like, and I'm like a pretty, I would say, well, you know, okay, there's like ebbs and flows, ups and downs, but I'm like a pretty like secure person, I yeah. would say, you know? Yeah. So a lot of the times, like my reaction to a lot of those things is like, oh, this part didn't sound good or whatever. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, I agree. Yeah, I yeah. I think the other parts were better, you know, like that kind of thing. That part about the engaged audience
1: for the fact that they they are watching because they care that's a really good point also because if you look at if if we just take a step back and look big picture like in the 1960s there were three big tv channels and that's all people had you you had abc cbs and and, and nbc then the next iteration was cable television and you had all these different stations with you know the shows could be a a little like a little more niche Um, like there was a few more like progressions, but now we're at a place where YouTube has really enabled it to be, just hundreds of thousands of niche communities. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, if you want to find a channel that's devoted just to Porsches from the 1970s and how to restore them, you can go find that channel. And, totally. e- and even if it's just, you know, a, a guy that has, you know, 10,000 followers, he's probably pouring his heart and soul into those videos, not for the money, but for the fact that he's, you know, he has these people that are really care about his same you know, his same passion point and like built like a real community or a it, real too. engaged community. Yeah, and and yeah, that's yeah. part of the sell to brands is when I'm talking to brands, you know, the fact that the, you know, this creator has a hyper engaged audience that come there for a reason. And they feel like they're the creator's friend. Like they're going to take their advice uh, and recommendation to heart. And that's why so many companies are now shifting their ad spends from traditional marketing over to digital and like social.
0: Right. Right. I think that's a big part of it too. And also the fact that people are watching more youtube mm-hmm. than are watching tv or than are like doing a lot of other forms of things like people especially yeah. in our age range yeah but even like generally now they're like consuming a lot more even youtube than tv you know probably the primary things i think who is it like more. garvey is always like youtube <laughs> is the tv and like and and tv is the radio you know and i think mm-hmm. that's like a pretty legit analogy of it because it's It's moving into this, you know, like people would rather watch stuff on their phone, on the go, or consume content, like podcasts Mm -hmm. in your car or whatever it is, rather than sitting in front of your TV, like at those allocated times that you got to watch the show, whatever it is like that. We're going to take a really quick commercial break. All right. Come right back. Let's do it. I'm a big believer that commitment to fitness and health is one of the most important parts of being a high achiever in all areas of life, from vital endorphin releases to deeper sleep to better emotional, mental, and physical health, increase energy and confidence in daily life. We all know that we should be staying committed to a consistent workout routine, but knowing what to do and actually sticking with it can be difficult on your own. That's why I recently launched the online side of my personal training business. I'm a certified personal trainer through the National Council of Certified Personal Trainers, the NCCPT, and I've experienced working with a diverse clientele from high-performing athletes to individuals looking to lose 100 pounds or more. One of the most important parts of working with a trainer is having a person who will lay out a plan according to your goals and will continue to check in with you and hold you accountable to showing up and staying on track. Virtual personal training is really simple. I write out a personalized workout plan for you each week tailored specifically to your fitness goals and we'll meet once a week via Skype or FaceTime to track your progress, answer any questions you have, and plan out your upcoming week. Most of my in-person clients pay $75 to $85 a session, which is really typical for a lot of big box gyms, places like 24 Hour Fitness, LA Fitness, Equinox, and the like, uh, which in my opinion is still a very worthwhile investment in your own health, Uh, but my personal training... Online programs are just $50 a week for a limited time until my schedule fills up. This is something that I've just recently launched uh, and I'm really excited about. So if you are interested or have any questions, shoot me an email at jaceroque3 at yahoo.com. That's jaceroque3 at yahoo.com with the subject line PT. And I'll set you up with a free fitness assessment call where we'll talk through some of your goals and get started on a plan that works for you. Excited to hear from you. Yo, this ad is going to be super short because this segment is brought to you by me. Uh, If you're enjoying this podcast, all I want to ask of you is that you rate and review on whatever platform you happen to be listening to, or just freaking smash that like button if you're watching on YouTube. I see you. I'm watching you. Uh, These things help out a lot, and if you've been getting any value from these discussions, I would really, really appreciate it. Um, A lot of work goes into making these special, so... Yeah, a little bit in this area would go a long way if you're enjoying the podcast. And also feel free to subscribe on whatever platform you're on to be notified every time a new episode goes live. That's it. Let's get back to the show. So to kind of transition to a slightly different portion of this, yeah. I wanted to ask you two kind of like a little bit of juicy insider info. Okay. Um, one, <laughs> in a super positive way, yeah. let's start with the positives, Okay. Um, I wanted to ask like, if you've had any experiences with with working with specific YouTubers or people that have just been like outstanding, maybe personally, just you really like them, but also from a business stance standpoint to where mm-hmm. you're like, yo, this is what I'd be looking for. Um, who are like some people like that? What kind of, situations or scenarios where you've gone through, gone through that have really like stood out yeah. to you
1: in that lane, you know? No, this is, this is a fun one. I yeah. have a feeling what the next one is though. But, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, a couple of shout outs. Uh, Damon and Joe are, are travel vloggers and okay. they reached out to me when I was at Yahoo and they had, I think, I think they had 15,000 subscribers. Yeah. And at that time I wasn't able to do, to, to do anything. They actually DM'd my boss at Yahoo that had a video and then she sent it over to me and, and I, 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 I talked to them. But then three years later when I was at full screen, they were at, I think, 80,000 or 110,000 subscribers and we needed mm-hmm. to do a travel show. So I, I hired them um, to do a travel show for AT&T and they were so grateful, so excited. It was their first like legitimate brand deal and, right. and good payday. Um, for for you know for where they were at and they were always on time with all the deliverables and and there was a lot i mean we had like somewhere around 10 10 episodes but then a lot of social posting to promote each episode mm-hmm. and they were people that i could count on to really you know get the copyright stick to, like content stick calendar to it. kind of but, thing but yeah. they, they went above and beyond right yeah. so they they posted more than they had to and they mm. were they were amazing and and now they're over they're over a million but yeah. um they're a good example of 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 a of creators that had to work for that that one one million for you know close to a decade potentially. What's,
0: what's their YouTube channels? So Damon
1: and Joe. D A M O N and J O. Okay. So They yeah. actually met on Facebook in college, and then they started traveling together. And then they have they actually have a, a, a blog about traveling. They're Perfect. so they're amazing. Um, I've hired Scotty Sire a few times. who yeah. is also... I think
0: Scotty was recording. He lives close song. To here, by the way. Yeah, he He's was, not he that was far here away. recording with. Oh, David. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was here for. for
2: yeah, they did. They did. The uh, studio is
0: awesome, by the way. Yeah, they did something recently. Yeah, we're, we're in uh, Jake's garage
1: right now. Everyone. The
0: garage studio. Yeah, I love all the guitars on the wall. Yeah.
1: Um, Scotty's someone that like I've, we've hired him to like create a song for a brand that he was really like collaborative and. Um, you know, when like, was this? How long ago
0: is this? This was like I think a, like a few two ago? years ago. Oh, okay. He
1: did or maybe no, maybe one and a half years ago. But gotcha, he, gotcha. he did a show called The Bright Fight, Okay. and he did an entire song about not using any more plastic straws in order to save the environment. And AT and T actually came on and sponsored that. Okay. So yeah. Scotty, uh, we also did this activations at on the Santa Monica Pier, and he came. He got there early. He came with Kristen. And um, like the rest of the of the vlog squad came at the end of the day and kind of did this whole huge thing where we had everyone put their straw in and say this is my last straw and uh, it was yeah. kind of this whole thing. But <laughs> he cool. um, he's someone who's who's really good. I think you're friends with the next one, and I'll cap it at this. But Tiffany Alvord is also yes. Um, we've done a handful of campaigns with her, and she's she's on it. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the the, the, cool. the best. She's is,
0: always she always she just nails everything, bro. She's like really. I feel like business wise, she just yeah she's multi-talented
1: she can yeah. sing and act and talk to the camera and yeah she totally. can do a lot totally for sure shout out is the next one who's bad
2: <laughs>
0: yes yes someone has too, which you know we'll probably we'll probably spare them the dropping their name on it but i mean if you want yeah. to, i won't stop you but <laughs> yeah like what are what are some times where people have interacted with you in like a more negative way or times where you've been like oh gosh this is like the nightmare scenario of working with a yeah with i a mean youtube kid
1: I think the biggest issue is when we lock down m- more of an uh, like a partnership deal where it's bigger than a normal transactional brand deal. Um, okay. it, like a brand creates like an entire show with with a creator, and then we agree on the creative beforehand. But then we we actually get to the the production days and the talent. Um, and, and this happened. Like the talent wanted to change the creative. After we hired a production crew, we had the directors. We had we had the creative directors there as well, and the brand like. It it took so much time for the brand to approve the creative that was already approved by the talent. Right. This talent didn't understand that this you know, isn't like a video it for the. the day their, before. Yeah. No, you can't. Like it, it's <laughs> right. not even gonna live like on your channel. Like we're making the show for another outlet. Like you are the star of this show, but that doesn't mean you can treat it creatively like an episode or a, a, a video on your YouTube channel. Because yeah. this isn't. That's a big thing that creators have an issue with is that uh, their uh, whole life they've controlled every aspect right uh-huh. they've controlled the editing they've they've controlled like the color and in post and and then you get to the, the first time where they're having the creative taken away from them a little bit um, even just like a tiny bit and it's tough for some of them to really be okay with that and right, the right. irony is that a lot of creators at least a few years ago they wanted to eventually do TV and do movies and once but they, they get on really. a real set then yeah. it's like a totally yeah, different like, I want to go back
0: to making my own stuff well yeah. a, a lot of them do a lot of <laughs> right. them are like totally
1: a lot of like, uh, I kind of there enjoy was, it.
0: yeah that was a super interesting I feel like it was it was a phase kind of but it was super interesting oh. to see a lot of creators that Mm-hmm. For a couple years, maybe, like, two-ish years ago or so, everybody was pushing, like, oh, I get this, you know, I get I get to go mainstream, now I'm legit, you know? Now, mm-hmm. like, if I'm getting on the Food Network or am on this TV show, like, whatever it is, it, like, made them feel like they were legit. Yeah. And then they did it, and then they're like, oh, this sucks, and and I make way less money. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing, too. People way are less. Like, yeah, people are like, oh, like, they, they think they want to do it because it kind of, like... Is what they've dreamed of doing but then they realize no like what has gotten me here is what i actually like to do not what i thought Mm -hmm. would be cool when i got there you know
1: yeah we're we're actually at a really weird intersection where a lot of influencers are starting to become more traditional talent like if you look at liza koshy or you know Mm -hmm. anyone at that level that has been able to kind of cross over but then you also have let's say zach efron who started on as this traditional talent and now has a YouTube channel. Yeah. Um Noah Schnapp, for example, he's right. about to hit 2 2 million subs and you know Fullscreens kind of like been, you know, working with them to kind of help them do that, but yeah. that that's really interesting because
0: And there's a lot, I mean, uh, even you see a lot of like Jimmy Butler oh, yeah, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, like a lot of athletes. Mm-hmm. You see like yeah, a lot of, like, mainstream, you know, Will Smith, like, a lot of actors, like, a lot of people are like, oh, wait, I can also do, you know, run my own show and call the shots and do whatever the heck I want.
1: Yeah, they're doing a lot of Instagram stuff. Yeah. For them to do full-on YouTube, they usually have to hire a team because it's
0: right, right. And more they, heavier lifting. Well, yeah, I've seen, I've seen, yeah, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Jimmy yep. Butler, they all have vlogs or, like, series of shows on YouTube. Yeah, And then, yeah, like, you know, Will Smith does, mm-hmm. you know, obviously he's got a team producing a lot of stuff for him, but. hmm but yeah, like Those the people breaking into the YouTube are like, they're doing it. And it seems like they're really enjoying it too, you know, and they're getting a lot more viewership because they can make more content. You know, it's not like when you make a movie and you get, you know, you put out your one movie every six months or whatever it is. Like if you're lucky and you're busy, mm-hmm. you know, rather, and you're not like Kevin Hart or like The Rock or whoever, just, just yeah. like in every movie ever, always, you know, but like. Most of those people, they release like one or two things a year instead yeah. of being able to like, yo, I made seven videos this month.
1: Or like, Scorsese, and you do one, you know, every seven, eight years. Right, That's crazy. Right, yeah. But that's it's bizarre,
0: bro. Interesting, really, really interesting stuff. Um, let's see what I'm gonna ask you next. I'll probably cut it here. No, there's a lot. Yeah,
1: there's so much we can we can talk about here.
0: Yeah. Um. What's your advice for someone that doesn't have a manager right now mm-hmm. that has like, I'm, I'm asking this question for myself. Yeah. I'm framing it as this imaginary person that might be in this place, but yeah. it's it's me. The yep. answer, it's me. Um, <laughs> for this imaginary person who maybe is like kind of on that middle ground to where right now my channel is like, we're sitting around 20,000 subscribers. Yeah. I don't have management. I'm looking to like be able to make that transition hopefully within this next year to make this like my full time job mm-hmm. and and yeah, really be able to like devote all of my time to this. I think once you can make that jump too and you can like spend all of your time doing it, focusing in on it, it's probably like a little bit easier to grow in that realm too. But when what would be your advice for yeah. that person who's like maybe not at the manager level, but mm-hmm. looking to start trying to monetize a bit more too?
1: Yeah. No, that's a great question. Well the the good news is that you don't need a manager today as much as you would have ten or twenty you know years ago. Right. Uh, if if you're if you were an actor and, and you wanted to break into it, it's much more important that you have an agent who can sell you around town, and get and get you in those casting rooms. Mm-hmm. As a digital creator, a lot of power is in your hand. Um, you're the only one that can actually produce content and put it up and be consistent and hear what your what your audience is saying and you know evolve and kind of. Grow that like there's really no shortcuts. Having a manager is certainly not going to just help you get to the next level overnight. What manage what a manager could do is o- open some doors and maybe help you do collaborations. They could maybe help you know uh, bring you brand deals potentially, but even brand deals in in a, a large way is kind of an incoming business. Um, a, a lot of them come from brands directly reaching out to the talent directly. There are managers though. Uh, that have a lot of brand connections and, and can certainly help. I, I think putting it out there and letting your friends and people around town know that that's where you're headed and that that's what you want. There are hungry managers out there that are always looking to take copies with talent and you know really see if it's, it's a, if it's a fit. There are
0: where would where would a,
1: where would said person go about finding finding people that? like that? Yeah, I would say that. Um, You know, if you go on Instagram or YouTube and look at people that are at your level or like a little bit above, you know, where you're at and kind of where you want to be, if you look at who reps them, uh, that's a good starting place. Um, And if you don't know that, you could always email them from their YouTube channel. So you could – like a lot of times it won't say, oh, you know, so-and-so is managed by this person. But if you email them and say, hey, "Hey, man, your channel is like really amazing – who's your manager i'm you know really love what you did last month with with this brand deal and i saw that you made this new format so like it takes work it takes like studying to see right, where right. where they're
0: at snooping around um, a little bit
1: and like asking your friends like like who manages you like hey like do you know if they want to take any like new new clients at all
0: mm-hmm.
1: um i mean i think i think that that's a big thing And the other thing is like what like for you, for example, like what would you want a manager to help you with right now? Like if you had a really good manager tomorrow, what's like the like the one or two like focus points?
0: Um, I would say probably the number one would be like brand deals. So having someone to to where because I find something that I've found that I'm trying to do less of is I try and do instead of getting help on things i'm not super good at mm-hmm. i try and just get good at everything so mm-hmm. i try and be really good at producing music really good at playing guitar really good at playing drums really good at playing every instrument yeah. i mean you know in the music realm or when it comes to video i want to be really good at shooting really good at editing really good at coming up with the idea you know i want to be like i try and be really good at everything mm-hmm. instead of being like okay there's probably people out there that are better than me at this thing that would be faster than me at this thing that I could like, you know, do a little bit of outsourcing to. Yeah. And I've seen that, I think, you know, so there's a lot of, you know, and I think that that goes for really, maybe like almost any career you're into, you know, there's probably a lot of things where there's people that are yeah maybe like better than you or as good at you at a thing that can do it faster where you could outsource to them and mm-hmm. have a more efficient workflow. So mm-hmm. for me, I think like if I could have some, if I could focus on putting out two videos a week, yeah. one being the podcast, one yep. being... A personal video, maybe it's a song I've recorded or something else along those lines. Which that's a lot of work, right? It's I'd A lot of to be work. Out of place. It's a lot of work.
1: Anything with music is a lot of work. Yeah,
0: music's you know? music's music's tough, a tough one. to be consistent with. And in fact, part of like the new era of my channel too is mm-hmm. being okay not being consistent with it. Mm-hmm. So like spending time to work on music and make it really good. And if I make one really good song every month, cool. You know, instead mm-hmm. of trying to put out like four a month that are like. as good as what I can make you Mm -hmm. know and so having like for me that's a lot of this other content I really like to do it but also like strategically it's like it'll be a good way to supplement being you know not just being a musician Mm -hmm. but all that to say like uh, for, for what I'm looking to do there that's probably the main thing is get someone that would be able to reach out to brands find like consistent yeah like just do the whole like like the business back end of it because like I I think I could do that stuff, too, but I'm sure there's someone that can do it better than me or, like, has more experience in it that knows things I don't or that kind of stuff, too, you know? So working with someone in that lane, that can even, like, point me in the right direction or those sorts of things, you know?
1: Yeah. No, that that makes sense. I think, like, a big thing is going to be continuing to grow, you, like, your audience and mm-hmm. your engagement. And that, that's not, like, brands aren't looking at how many subscribers you have. They're looking at how, how many views you're getting, totally. right? So. Uh, also on on instagram a big uh big metric is uh engagement, right so mm-hmm. if you have Ten thousand followers, and you're getting a thousand likes on every picture. You got a ten percent engagement. That's that's pretty good. I mean, yeah. above five percent. That's
0: about standard, right? Like around. I'd say like,
1: well, I think average on Instagram is probably like two or three percent if you look at the across really? the whole board. Okay. Um, but if you look, probably at... probably
0: gets lower the bigger someone gets. I would yeah. Guess. So Kim
1: Kardashian's right. engagement rate right now is I think one percent. Okay. Uh, but she has uh, I don't know hundred million like you know eighty right. like so eighty million. A million yeah yeah a million exactly likes on
0: photos not too shabby.
1: Whereas someone like. Um, if you look at someone else that has 20 million, but, but it's still a really big person. I mean, they, they might have like four or 5%. Okay. Uh,
2: th-
1: there's a handful of creators. Like if anyone's above 10% and that, that catches my eye and I'm, I can really try to sell them to a brand as long right. as it's a good fit. But I mean, brands are, brands are buying, uh, they're either buying on conversion, like, like how many products are they going to sell based off how much are they going to pay you? Or they're selling on, a an impression play like how is this gonna you know get my brand's name out there
0: right more of a brand awareness more sort of a brand of awareness
1: and the brand awareness ones are are not uh, not as common uh, there's a lot more companies that have a marketing budget and can justify it but so you got to be
0: a pretty widely known brand I think for that to be your approach rather than like converting sales con- exactly yeah. if it's like Coke it's like we just want people to see Coke yes you know?
1: or AT T so I've done a lot or of work with AT&T. ATT right I, I've I've hired over probably 75 talent for AT&T. Wow. And that that wasn't to sell cell phone plans. That was to, you know, really kind of shape the AT&T brand in, in, in a way that they wanted to shape it. Mm-hmm. So I think um, the thing about brand deals specifically, though, and if you're, you know, listening to this, and, and that's your goal as well, to get more brand deals, it, a lot of it will be making sure that, um that you're brand friendly so like not swearing not not doing tons of pranks that are, are not safe right but then also doing proactive outreach to brands that you want to work with and what that looks like might be okay like what are 10 products that i use every day and you think okay well i use crest toothpaste i use head and shoulders so coming up with that list like let's say you bought like a pair of all like all you know mm-hmm. last week you have that list and then you you literally go on LinkedIn or you, you, you find a tool online to find the email addresses of the people that work there and you email them and say, hey, I'm a creator. I love your brand. I would love to like partner with you. I, I love talking about you and kind of sharing what you're about with my audience. Yeah. Like as a marketing exec, when you get that note, even if you don't have budget at the time, you might in six months, right? right? And right. then you'll look like a superstar. You might when put that p-
0: person on a list somewhere. Oh, exactly. Like, oh, I know the perfect person for it already. Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and it takes time. Like, right. like I know we all want to think like there's all these brand deals out there for five grand and and like I just wish I had one every two weeks. It's like, well a lot of people do. Right. But in order for a brand to say, okay, here's five grand or here's 50 grand, there's a lot of work and like justification on there and that goes into it, which is why like I want to know which talent th- that I have that I know is gonna be really excited about that because mm-hmm. it does take work to get them. Uh but but in terms of those the deals that are that are at like the 1K to like 5K level you know, to be honest, like a lot of managers, like it takes so much time to activate those brand deals. A lot of those brand deals are being done by by the talent themselves. Yeah. So there's not there's not a lot of managers out there that are getting two K brand deals for their talent because ten percent of that's two hundred dollars. Right. So the like they, they can't pay for their own rent. Like
0: that is is yeah yeah not, not going to be worth it at the end. Yeah, but I would say that like. You know,
1: the the main focus is is going to be growing your channel and being consistent with your content. Because that's, I mean, look at my like, you know, one like my favorite podcast of all time so far is probably. Joe Rogan right, right right and he didn't start that thinking how can he make money but because he's just so good and so consistent and has amazing people on for three hours at a time just talking right. about what whatever
0: and you can tell he really loves it which he is really why it's so easy it. to be consistent he just it's, like that's that's the other that's a sit good point down and kick it with someone and have a conversation which he is like a big inspiration to starting this podcast was I I, yeah. just, I I mean I love his his show too and I yeah and I would sit there and be like, man, wouldn't that be sick to just? I mean, like, he has like
1: the dream job, right?
0: You bring in people that you think are really interesting. That's like, you know, maybe I want to learn from you, or I just want to get to know you, or I think you're fun to talk to, whatever yeah. it is. And it's like, yeah, let's just sit down and kick it and talk.
1: And and what's crazy is he does he does so many of those podcasts per month. Like, oh he'll my do, gosh, yeah, he'll like, put out
0: like two in a day sometimes.
1: I I know he'll do two a day, and then you get to the end of the week, and he did I don't know five or six that week. And I'm right. thinking, man, he did five or six two or three hour podcast. That's his full time job, right? You know, and well, he does other stuff, but I mean, imagine if you did this podcast every day for five years Mm -hmm. and you had really interesting people on, right? You know, but like way more interesting than me, like you would grow a ton. Like, I, it's 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 already getting more interesting than you want. Oh, well, I don't know know about that. (laughs) Um, but I mean, it's it's hard, you know, it's yeah, the exciting thing is it's it's hard, but it's not impossible, and and it takes it's kind of like dieting, like. People know what it, what it means to eat healthy, but mm-hmm. just doing it is really hard. Right. Like being consistent as a creator, like everyone knows like oh I need to like not miss a posting day and I need yeah. you know cuz then my fans will get mad. But like doing that like when you're tired or when you can't find or when like you had a guest that drops out and you don't have a backup or mm-hmm. or you know maybe you know you just too tired or got sick or something like um you know it's it's uh it's it's work. It's work, yeah. you know, people think that it's all fun and games, but like you have to, you have to, you know, you have to think of questions and you need to right. like plan and like, we're in LA, right? Yeah. So there's all this driving and, yeah, and uh, not to complain. I mean, I know we, we're super blessed, but
2: right, right. I just
1: I just want to make sure people know it's not as easy
0: as just like it might look. Yeah. Cause right? you see, you see the easiest part, you know, you don't see even right now, like Joe for his podcast, I'm sure he's making plenty enough money that he can pay an editor and, you know, all that kind of stuff too, but there's a lot of back Jamie, pull that up. Jamie, (laughs) 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 that's, you know, when this podcast has made it is when I have a homie here that we can just say, yo, can you pull up this info or, like, whatever it is or, you know, like, Well, dude,
1: you can get – I mean, just keep doing it. Like, this is – I'm super happy to be here because this is – in the first iteration, you know, of, of this, of yeah. this like podcast and right. like
0: episode three, th-
1: episode three. And like, it does have a theme. And I think, I think the fact that everyone wants to be a content creator when they grow up means that hopefully there is like a white space for this podcast. Yeah. Um, and we can get more into like, n- you know, the more of the questions you have about like, well, what does that actually look like? Cause right. a large part of my career has been working with managers and agents and, and trying to figure out like, well, what, like, what does that dance look like? Um, uh, a big a big theme I've seen actually is that there's a lot of for a lot of the younger creators a lot of their parents actually manage them, yeah. Which is which is interesting because mm-hmm. I mean that's there's pros and cons that pros, come with that. big
0: pros and cons to that yeah for sure yes I've seen yeah and I see I mean there's there's the good in it is that you know you have someone who knows you that you know yeah. almost always is like looking out for your best intentions you mm-hmm. know. Um, Arguably,
1: you know, there's not a person that would care about you more in the world than that person. Right,
0: right. But, yeah. but it's, you know, it, just like anything, working with family, it can be hard. And a lot of times, like, you know, if people see things differently, I think, yeah, we, we, I, I have like multiple friends who have, who have parent managers. Yeah. And, and sometimes there's, um, yeah, like conflict that goes in where maybe it's like you want to go in this direction with it, and your parents are like, no, but it would be better if you did it this way, mm-hmm. and and it's like, okay, well, you know, I just want to do it my way because I'm gonna stay in love with what I do, and I yeah. have to stay in love with what I'm doing for this to work, you know, or it's oh, I think of like what what might make it make sense to a lot of people is, um, I know I had a friend who his parents were uh, piano teachers, okay, and he had a piano teacher that wasn't his parents. And it. it was just like, yeah, because it just doesn't work, you Yeah, know? like you sit down. I think I think that's like really interesting when you see like dads that coach their sons in football or mm-hmm. like, you know, sometimes it's just hard to take really specific instruction over and over from your parents, which yeah. is like obviously kind of maybe, you know, it's what you do your whole <laughs> life. And so maybe it's like just like worn out by the time you're you're like you get there. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is, you yeah. know, but I've just seen it cause some like tension well, or problems i think it's for a, for most people i think especially when you're like a grown adult you know it's probably healthier that's to the not tricky have your thing doing
1: it. that's the tricky thing is because i mean at a certain point it's tough for someone to be your parent and your and your like business partner i mean some people can do it but mm-hmm. the thing about being either a dadager or a momager what what we call them is that uh is that <laughs> They don't have a lot of reference points because odds are they only have one client and, that, and that's their their kid. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, the attention and the care that they're going to give them and, and their deals is is unparalleled because a manager wouldn't be able to have that bandwidth. But it can be difficult when something that's obvious in my opinion comes up and then the te- the 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 mom or dad won't either understand it because you know for them it's completely new and they they haven't had any case studies or any other talent where that's been the case for. So it's an interesting dance, you know, for the talent because like, you know, let's say the talent wants a quote unquote, you know, like industry professional manager who does have 20 other clients and that has a history of, you know, getting them a lot of brand deals and putting them on TV shows. It's a difficult conversation for that creator who's hit it big to then talk to their parents about, hey, you know, I kind of want to. Be repped at CAA now or UTA mm-hmm. or ICM or I want to go in for a meet with this manager they reached out to me and they they had a lot of good things to say about where they want to take like how do you have that conversation with your parent yeah right it, yeah I mean yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, like it's, it's, I don't know how to do it right
0: to like fire your mom or dad or something is like yeah. you know which is essentially what it would be if you were to switch is like a tough thing to do but a lot of times yeah. too you'll get you get caught up in that when there is someone that Didn't just like fall into it on accident because their kids started taking off like Mm -hmm. there's somebody that's like yo They've studied this or they've done it for a while and they know it. I'm sure better. yeah, I met
1: with a talent the other day. She Got big when she when she was 11 or 12 She had a few videos that went super viral and now have over 80 million views and wow. she now hasn't posted 11, in a few 12. months. I think her dad manages her and she has ideas for what she wants to do, but she hasn't been able to do it. And in my mind, I'm thinking like you need, you need a manager to really come in and really help push you. But at the same time though, a, a manager can only babysit to a certain extent. Like yeah. you have, if you're an, you're an adult, you have to pull yourself out of your bed. You have to figure out a schedule that works and you have to think of content ideas. Like um, in order to make it work, like, you know like you, like you better have a notes section on your phone where every time you get an idea for a video you're you're like writing it down yeah y- you know like okay when do you edit best do you edit better in the morning do you edit better at night do you have a friend that you can pay super cheap you know dollars to who can do your things for free until you get you know big enough where you can pay them a full rate y- you just got to like make it work right
0: yeah yeah
1: but I yeah that's interesting
0: is there something that you see with a lot of these like big creators right now There's, Mm -hmm. maybe to preface this question a little bit, so I have, I remember reading a book, like, in, like, third grade or something, you know, and it was about, like, it was about, like, the gold rush, and and one of, like, the big things we learned about the gold rush was, like, in in California, you know, is the people that made money weren't the people, people that made tons of money for the most part, Mm -hmm. weren't the people coming out to, like, mine gold, right, they are the people that were sitting around behind providing for all the things that those people needed. They were the ones selling the pickaxes, selling the, the jeans, you know, for them, like that sort of stuff. Those were the people that like made fortunes for the most part. And then maybe like the 0.1% of the people that came out to mine gold. And I remember like learning that and yeah. it like stuck with me for a long time. And so when I first got into social media, like the social media game, I remember thinking about it in that way, especially when I first came on and I was like, you know, not very big with what I'd been doing Mm-hmm. You know, like personally, I think i like, I remember having this thought when I had like a thousand subscribers on my channel, I was like, what are the things mm-hmm. that these people that are taking off right now, what do they need? Or like, mm-hmm. a, like you were saying earlier, kids nowadays, every single one, one of them, you know, the number one, not every single one of them, but the number one thing kids want to be is YouTubers, yeah. you know? And so it's like, what are the things that these successful people that are doing it as a career, what do they need? Mm-hmm. You know, what are, or maybe what are like the gaps that they don't have right now, that like another young person could like step into and fill that gap. Because I remember, like for me, I started shooting for a lot of YouTubers. Yeah, and it was like you know a lot of them don't know how to work a camera. I know how to work a camera. I can come in and work a camera for you, and you know even just learn from what you're doing mm-hmm. was like a big part of it too. What yeah. are what are some other things you see like that that people need?
1: That's a so that's a really interesting narrative or rather like parallel. Um, I mean, this is a weird example, but if if you look at, excuse me, if you look at war, like this, there's a lot of like steel manufacturers that will then do, they'll be profitable in war. So yeah, yeah, like, I think like, if we look at like, not to compare YouTube with war, but any type, like any time there's like this new wave of, of, um, you know, like event that's happening, you know, there are ways to really kind of kind of take a step back and look at you know okay well what's going on here and how can how can i find an opportunity in it um or like how can i like make the most of it i think a lot of creators aren't going to know um how to how to edit how to think of content ideas how to structure a video how, how to come up with a, a lot of different you know like how do you negotiate a brand deal right so right. we can talk more right. about that like if you want to if you want to do like youtube how about you repurpose your content for Facebook? Well, yeah. if you want to monetize on Facebook, you need it needs to be like at least like two minutes. So then, mm-hmm. you know, you need to get on their
0: monetization I platform. To, we, we hit, the camera's about to run out, so we're going to we take a spicy hot commercial nice. break. And we're going to continue with that. Perfect. Yo, yo, this segment of the podcast is brought to you by my brand new Patreon page. I'm actually super, super, super excited to finally be sharing this with you guys. Uh, if you would like to support this podcast and my content in general, this is the absolute best way to do so. My page is set up on patreon.com forward slash K. Jake that's J-A-K-E-R-O-Q-U-E, if you hadn't known so already. Um, I'm working really hard to make this page a genuine exchange of value, and I'm setting up the reward tiers to be things that I would actually want from a lot of the creators that I watch and enjoy and would want to support. So they currently include things like a forum for this community to meet other like-minded people, an opportunity to ask guests on my podcast your own personalized questions, and you'll get a shout out every time we do that, Uh, a monthly patron-only Google Hangout where we can talk about whatever the heck we want to. Um, It'll be exclusive just to the patrons. There's a weekend getaway to LA, so if you are... Contributing at a tier for a certain duration of time, we just get to hang out and I'll bring you on a vacation in LA and we'll go do fun things here like go to the beach and and go to dinner and have a lovely time. Um, I think that would be so sick. And the, the one I'm probably the most excited for is I have a couple slots open on this mentorship tier. Um, this is something I really believe in and I've had many mentors in the past that have given me some of the most valuable experiences and lessons of my entire life. So I'm really looking forward to this part. I can teach you all I know about podcasting, music, content creation, relationships, literally anything I can help you with, feel free to ask in that time. And something I'd also love to do with this would be to pick a book a month to go through with everyone that's in that tier. And we could pick a book to go through together and just have a discussion of what we learn. Kind of like a one-on-one book club for the people that are in that. Anyways, there's all the details for all of this over on patreon.com forward slash Jake Roquet. And if you'd like to support the podcast, if you want to hear more podcasts like this, this is a really, really great way to do so. Are you someone who just doesn't have time to frequently make trips to the grocery store and prepare three healthy meals every day that taste good and are good for you, you know, that difficult combo that we're always looking for. Um, Well, welcome to the club. You're basically one of all of us. Uh, Catered Fit is this really epic meal prepping service that delivers fresh made meals to your door daily or as frequently as you would like. They have standard paleo and vegetarian options. And their website and app is super easy to use. Uh, A few of the delicious meals that they have on the menu for this week specifically include the Farmer's Market Omelette with Veggies, the Spicy Chipotle Shrimp with Kale Salad. That sounds super good. And the Garlic Herb Crusted Pork Loin with Apricot Glaze and Butternut Squash Pull-Off. Guys, there's so many different options. Those are some of the ones I saw that I was like, yo, those look tasty. Uh, every listener of the show gets $25 off their first meal plan with the promo code TJRS, which stands for the Jake Roquet show. If you were wondering, uh, depending on the plan, you get meals are as low as seven to $8 each. And one thing I really like about the packaging too, is it comes with a printed out label of the macronutrient breakdown. So how many, uh, grams of carbs, fats, and proteins are in there. So if you're somebody who likes to track those things, super helpful for that. And right now, the service areas include major cities across California and Florida, uh, I think almost exclusively. So if you're in California and Florida, you're definitely covered. If you're one of those major cities like LA, San Diego, Miami, Orlando, if you want to see if your town is included in the service areas, go to cateredfit.com. If you're someone who's like overspending on unhealthy food at work, or if you just don't have the time to go and set aside those couple hours it takes every day to make the the healthy meals that are good for your body and for your taste buds. I highly recommend Catered Fit. Um, I've had their meals. I really like them. I actually think it's a really competitive price in the meal planning sector of the market. So head over to cateredfit.com and use the promo code TJRS for $25 off your first order and take a peek at the FAQ tab on their website for any more info. But yeah, I, I feel like I've probably said this on the podcast before, but, but I feel like it's just good info for the listener to know yeah. when I like interject to like cut someone off commercial break, you know, here we go. Oh yeah. We have, yeah, Mike, with well the currently, the
2: if camera. you're just
0: listening to this, there's a video portion of this podcast on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, you know, there's a video portion of everyone, but my beautiful Sony a seven three has a 30 minute record limit. So that's why we, uh, commercial we squeeze breaks. in those commercial breaks every 30 minutes.
1: Well, this will be good because um, then when you get sponsors, they'll actually
0: need to be commercials, right, but then you'll right. have a better camera yeah. and you won't For need. now, we're just going to be <laughs> advertising whatever the frick I can think yeah. of to advertise. So Yeah, <laughs> no, that's good. Um, but yeah, so you were saying.
1: In yeah, those things. I, I just love that analogy you were talking about and like to, to put together a podcast like this that could help all those, you know, younger creators or soon to be creators kind of put together like those tools. I think that could be a really helpful thing. You know, like regardless of whether or not this takes off, you know, if you get some some viewers that really hone in on this and then this is what helps them get to the next level and actually create. Um, the, the exciting thing is like you're you're on this journey right now, like you you're in L.A. You've made the move here. You literally you literally live. Like, within a few miles of all these YouTubers right here, like, you probably see them when you're, like, outside getting coffee or whatever, right? Like, you guys are all here. Right. Um, You know, the MCNs or the social content, you know, companies, like, like, full screen, like, we're all here. This is the entertainment industry. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you don't live here yet or you're not a creator yet but you want to be, there's so many things that we can say that Jake will probably address in this podcast that will be extremely helpful. There's a lot that I, I can say uh, too. I just, I, I feel like, um, you know, like when you're in it, it's, it's hard to take a step back and just be like, wow, what do I even like wanna say here? But um, ultimately, in uh, finding what you actually love to the point where if you needed to be to do that thing every day like what could you do every day to the point where it would not feel like a job like that's what you need to do if if you're going to start creating content and then it's going to feel like a drag or then it's it's going to be a, a recipe for not succeeding um gamers uh, if, if you look at Twitch right now i mean there's there's gamers that will stream for 8 hours a day just oh, playing yeah. video games Uh, and, and the, the big ones, like if you look at Ninja or or like Tfue or like Nick Merckx, like those guys, they're making good money, but they're literally doing that thing for, they're like a 40 hour week. Like they'll stream for 30
0: hours a week. Oh, totally. Right. Yeah. If not, some of them more, you know, there's there's guys that I've, there's, There's, so I recently have, like, I didn't, like, play a lot Are of Are you also a Twitch streamer? No, 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 no. I haven't started Twitch streaming. But, but <laughs> like, a yet. lot of my buddies, well, they were on, like, the Fortnite craze for yeah. a while. So I remember I played with them a little bit because one of my roommates had a system. Nice. And then when I moved in here, uh-huh. um, my roommates also had, a, like, an Xbox and a PS4. So I started playing Apex yeah, Legends. Yeah, Apex Legends. Yeah, yeah, Yo. which is super fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but there's guys that I've seen on there that, one, they're putting out videos every single day, if not, like, two or three on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Or, and they're, like, streaming, you know. And, you know, these guys are probably spending like 12 hours a day working on it, but they're making good money and they get to play video games all day and they're psyched on it, you know? like Yeah.
1: And like the biggest thing is that if, if you want to do that and, and make money, you need to be re- like realistic and know that it's not going to happen in six months or one year. Like yeah. those, those guys didn't, if you look at like, you know, Turner... He didn't get big. Well, he did get big pretty quickly, but he was doing it for like a few years. Right, right. He, he wasn't, and that's
0: a big thing too. People a lot of times they they work on a, they, you know, they're doing yeah. their thing for like five or six years, and then they blow up in a, in two months, and everyone's like, "Wow, they came out of nowhere!" Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, they were like on the grind, perfecting what they do for four years, five years before it really took off, and like, that's why it took off because they got so good at it.
1: Yeah, like there are so many examples of people that found what they do best and they just became they, – they, they honed in on it. So right. Brandon Armstrong is – he got big on Vine and now he has YouTube and Instagram and we find him a lot of brand deals over at Fullscreen. He is known as the best NBA imper- like player impersonator ever. So he'll take LeBron James and he'll study LeBron's movements and then he'll he'll imitate him in a really funny way and huh. he would do Vines and he'd post those on Instagram and he's he's the best in the world. Like you yeah. take any player like take Kevin Durant. Like he'll he knows how to how to like imitate him. You know, it's it's a weird that's a weird little niche. Right. But he started doing that when he was like really young. He had no intention of just blowing up but then when Vine came along, like he decided to to do it. And and uh and, and now he has a, a whole career where he's able to host certain events. And you get brand deals, right. and uh, I, I think collabing is also, like, uh, you know, we, we can't do this podcast without talking about, like, collabing. Right, right. If, if you want to really, you know, grow and, and like, learn, you know, not only will it help cross-pollinate your audiences, and this podcast is a great way to have, have people on and talk to them. Totally. You also then will learn from them, like, oh, how do you edit? Well, how, you know, like, how do you structure your videos? Yeah,
0: even just get to sit behind people like I – When then, when I'm music is a big place for me when Mm -hmm. I get to sit and record with someone else, or like whether I'm running the session or they're running the session, I get to watch like their workflow, how they go about it. You learn these like secret little tricks, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we kind of like a fun little backstory. For those that don't know, we met at a, a Bible study, yeah, like years ago at Tyler Ward's house. Oh uh, yeah, um, yeah, and like He's... I remember that was a big thing. Like when I sat behind him and watched him like record like a guitar part, and he recorded it twice, and then took two separate guitar tracks and pan one all the way left and pan one all the way right. Mm-hmm. Which if you ever are recording acoustics and vocals, kids, do this. It's gonna blow <laughs> your mind. You record the same guitar part twice, pan one all the way right, one all the way left. You put mm-hmm. your voice right down the middle. And, like, it has, like, such this full, rich sound that I'd been looking for for years mm. that I'd heard other people, like, putting out music. And I was like, gosh, like, what you know, what's the secret? And I watched them do it once, and then I came back to my own stuff. I was like, oh, gosh, it sounds yeah. so much better now. And there's so many, like, that was probably the first thing I learned like mm-hmm. that. But there's so many things when you sit and watch someone record or, like, edit a video or whatever it is, is are like, oh, wow, that would increase my workflow so fast. And we all learn these little tricks that we then can share with people when we collaborate and stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Th- that's a great example. I'm sure there's, like, a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, gosh, that was so many, that was, like, four years ago. We were, I remember that we were in his studio in the backyard, uh, and, like, it was kind of similar to this a little bit, but, um, yeah, he moved to Nashville now, right? Yeah. He's, he's in Nashville.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to see him October 1st. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Dude, he's we got just the best energy.
1: Him. He's so positive.
0: So great. He's, he's awesome. Miss Shout out to Tyler. Oh, um, yeah. Gosh, uh, that's funny with that too where what are some other like where are places where you think mm-hmm. um one where people can meet people mm-hmm. to collaborate with or like how does somebody go about even making those connections and then how do they approach that collaboration once they like approach someone for yeah. Them, you know? yeah man you're In asking your all the, the
1: good questions yeah. um so a bit if you don't live in LA or, or, or New York or a big well first off if you live in a big city, d- do some digging and find out what what creators live in your city. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, start if if you're younger and you haven't yet used Google Docs, like go on go on your Gmail account, go to go to you know the the Google Drive section, create a Google Sheet, and just it's a great place for you to put in a list of people you find that you want to like reach out to. I would also, I'm a proponent of just taking the like the first step. Like you're not going to get, the sports analogy is you're not going to get on base unless you swing mm-hmm. and hit the ball. So like, you know, in this case, like reach out to them and, 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 and like ask them, even if they're like a little bit bigger than you, like you have nothing to lose. Let's reach out and say, hey, I love your content. I, I look up to you like, it, like we're in the same town. If, if you're ever willing to like collaborate or get together for coffee, like I'd love to buy you a cup of coffee. They're right. probably gonna ignore it or not ever see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is if you do that 10 times and, and you get one person who's willing to, to you know talk to you then that's awesome. If they're at your level and you're both kind of at the same start in your career, then you might have a better success rate. Uh, but ultimately, like if you're in a big city I, w- I would I would definitely start there and just go on Instagram go you know go on YouTube and just try to do some digging for who's in your city. If conventions are a really interesting place to meet people as well. I, I know playlist, and like VidCon, I, so I know Corinna, Corinna actually met, I think David at, at like a playlist okay, like five yeah, years yeah. ago or yeah. something. Uh, and that's, that's happened a lot where, where, you know, creators can
0: go and, and meet other people trying to do what, what totally. they're doing. And yeah, I, I, I've made a lot of good friends too. Like VidCon's really the only one I've met. Well, VidCon and Summit actually. Oh,
1: I've never been to VidSummit.
0: VidSummit's a, it's a good one. It's a totally different angle. Really? Um. Yeah. It's uh Where is that one? It's near LAX. It's in LA. Okay. Yeah. Got yeah. it. So yeah. So it's at a hotel uh, near LAX. And um it is expensive. Mm-hmm. I went last year, I like shot photos for I like volunteered to like shoot photos. I just like reached nice. out. This is like a good thing. Just whenever you want something you don't want to pay volunteer. for it. <laughs> Yeah, just see if you can hit some like do some digging on the emails. I think it's like eight hundred dollars for a ticket and me and my buddy wanted to go. Um and he he shoots photos too. And I just reached out and then I found an email of whoever I don't even remember who it was, but I just shot it over someone who's you know managing some of the stuff. I was like, hey, I do event photography and street weddings and blah blah blah. I'm sure you guys need photos for your whatever, and you know you guys probably have people hired, but if you need some more photographers, like. I'd love to come shoot and just get to be there, you know. And then I ended up just taking some photos, and they're like, yeah, just give us the raws right away. So I'd I'd go, and I'd sit in the – they're like, whichever thing you want to go to, go to it, take some photos – and then when you're done, you know, every few sessions that you go to bring your SD card back, we'll take the photos, mm-hmm. we'll post them on socials, whatever. And I was like, cool. Like, and I just, you know, and then it kind of gave me an excuse. And then I had more of an angle to even like talk to some of the people that were speaking or creating or whatever it was. Mm. You know, like the creators that were there because it was like I was working the event, you know, and just like had a purpose. And then, yeah, it was there. But that's, that's a really good one to go to. VidCon's a great one to go to. Yeah, I
1: think that is actually really really, you know, valuable advice just like find out what you do best and then offer that like in, offer that service to other people. Right. Like if you, I mean, the obvious one is like if you're a great photographer or a great DP or or, or you know you're a really good editor. Or, or even
0: s- if you're not that great at it, you know, if you're okay at it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, I
1: mean, so, I mean, I mean. Well, yeah. hopefully you're not that bad where right, they can't right. even use you it. But you gotta
0: be like good enough. But if you're offering good for enough. free, there's like a lot of grace too. You know, there's like, a lot of grace in that. I mean, if, free is free. So yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: but I, I know so many people that have got their foot in the door by. Just by by asking and mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, can I like do this for you?" or like, "Do you need help with stuff?" or I mean, even people that were other people's like assistants, like a lot of times that they, they they didn't um, become their assistant to get to get you know famous, but. Th- that does happen sometimes, where just by virtue of being around someone every day and helping with their life, now they're in their content and then they become a fan favorite and then they get incorporated into like a format, like a series regular. and it's like, totally okay. well, that you you can't plan that. You, you just have to really um put yourself out there,
2: right.
0: And but there's uh, a combination of like, you know, being able to put yourself in those positions mm-hmm. like for for something good to happen, right? You know, because that that's that's yeah. a big thing. Even probably a lot of people that are listening to this, for me, I was, was shot for a lot of different YouTubers, like a lot of different people, but the more when I was like a series regular was in like Molly Burks, a lot of mm-hmm. her content. I was shooting a lot for her. And um, kind of like, you know, her fans got to know me Mm -hmm. And then a lot of them hopped ship over even when I wasn't even posting, like for a good period of time when I wasn't posting very consistently on my channel, Yeah, a bunch of people were coming over and subscribing and just being like, Hey, you know, we like you from what we've seen over there. So we're going to be here, you know, you know? And it's like, that wasn't for me, it was like, you know, I didn't see that coming necessarily, but Mm -hmm. it's like, if you're, if you're around the right people and you're like helping people out, you know, like a lot of the, like, genuine like natural exposure is gonna you know stuff's gonna come that way and, and whether it's whether it's specific you know whether it's like specifically collaboration mm-hmm. or if it's even more so because we did a couple like collaboration type videos where I was like in them yeah. and then sometimes it's just like being around even if it's not like an explicit collaboration but it's just like you know you're linked in the description for having shot something right mm-hmm. like that's
1: a good place of like that's a big one yeah like yeah.
0: you just you know you're not even in the content but it's just like shot by blah 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 you know and if you can manage to be Helpful in some sort of way whether it's with video or whatever type of content like contribution you can give to somebody editing or Anything else like that. You can kind of like get your foot in the door that way.
1: Yeah I I mean so to that point there's been a few times when I've been helpful on sets or I've taken pictures and then if if the creator will, if, if they just like ended up tagging me in it, then it's oh, it's like whoa! Now now I have five hundred more followers or something, mm-hmm. and like I don't know any of those people, and it's weird for someone who's not a creator to have right, it happen. But right. like it, it will happen if you are, are as helpful as you can be, and 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 you're looking for those opportunities, in order to like add value.
0: That's it too. It's it's it will happen if you're. You have to be there for like the right reasons and Mm -hmm. you have to be selfless. You can't come into something thinking about you, especially if you're coming into someone else's production. You have to be like, what can I do coming into this to be, to make this as easy as possible for you to make this like, how can I be the most help to what you're doing? Mm -hmm. And you like, if you ever come into someone else's thing Mm -hmm. and try and make it about you, like it's going to be over really quick. No go. Yeah. No go. I mean, uh, like so coming in with like like epically high levels of selflessness and like humility, you know, and not trying to... Yeah, you need to I've really... I've seen the other end of that too and it's like, oh, come on. Like we don't, you know, we don't have time for this. It's just cringeworthy. It it's like, so cringey. You need to be self-aware yeah. enough
1: to know that it's not 100%. about you. Like yeah. you're if you ever are lucky enough to, to work for someone who's already they've already put in the years and they're already established and you know and there's there's an element of of luck i mean it's hard work and it's luck there's a lot of things that need to come together for you to get you know a lot of followers uh but if you're in a position where you know your job is to start you know helping them and help help them shoot content like you need to ultimately like take their career as if it was your own because that's that's how they take it and and they're going to trust you uh, then you cannot take that lightly at all. There's a handful of really big YouTubers right now that are looking for editors and even like just personal assistants. Right. And they're very weary of who they're going to let in their life, not because they're they're just trying to be hard, but like they've been burned in the past and totally. like they and really finding
0: good finding both good both of those things, personal assistants and editors is is really it's tough. Both, too. It's hard.
1: Yeah. It, it's hard. I mean, yeah. They're they're not just out there all over the place like. Right, right. But but if you do want to get in, in this space, like I would hesitate to have anyone be like, okay, well, I need to go be an assistant to them in order to become famous myself, because that's not the way to go. But less of
0: that, but more and more of like an learning angle the craft. Of, yes, yes. It's it's because yeah. it's less about that. Because honestly, too, no one really, uh, to be frank, nobody really cares that much yeah. if you're someone's personal assistant. Like, yeah, nobody no, really cares. Right. Yeah, to be super frank about it, you know, and maybe people will. I don't know. Maybe if you're in the content. Who knows? But, like, yeah, I would figure most people don't really care, um, especially because most people's personal assistants aren't going to be a part of what the videos that they're making. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's not about that. It's a lot more about getting to see how people do what they do. That part of it is invaluable.
1: Yeah, and like that apprenticeship is what I yeah, would call it that's yeah. a that art form we've lost in the like we're in 2019 right now like if you look at 100 years ago and then all the years before that that was that was how you learned like people mm-hmm. didn't always go to college and then and and then start a job like they they would look at what their their dad did or their parents or their mom and and then they their Their family would take them under their wing. And in order to become really good at something, you had to watch someone else do it for years and years and years. So,
0: which is the best way to learn something, you know? The absolute best (laughs) way.
1: Like, for example, you learning that little tidbit from Tyler Ward. Right. Like, there's that, that is so valuable that people might not be able to learn in college. But if if you sit behind him for, you know, a month, that might be, you know, like equivalent of two years in college. Yeah. You know, and and you can't, you can't necessarily pay for that, but if you are willing to help him out, he might, you might be fortunate enough to learn from these people that that have done it. We're in a really interesting time in YouTube because we're, we're like over 10 years in now Mm -hmm. of having this platform and the first generation has, has come and you know, there's, there's, and they're still here, but you know, some of them have already exited and it's really cool to see like each iteration mm-hmm. and what that looks like. I think it's becoming more saturated with people that want to do it. But that doesn't mean it's impossible at all because if you're creating good content that people want to consume and want to watch, then then you're gonna hopefully be able to find a home for that content because people need to be entertained. Like there's mm-hmm. so much crap in the world. And like life is hard. Like I'm a big proponent of just the the concept that life is difficult and and you need to really, Um, strive for you know in order to make you your situation as good as you can make it Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that a lot of people today are kind of coddled and and they like have this entitlement and look I I didn't grow up with a lot of money like I had to work really hard and and I I know that I was fortunate in in my own ways that I was fortunate but just the, the concept of like doing this job and creating content that that people want to consume it's it's, it's exciting because, you know, if there's a place for your uh, your content, then hopefully hopefully you can find it and then make a make a living on it. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, 20 years ago, people, for the most part, were excited to have a job. And if, if they didn't like the job, it was okay. I mean, it was a job. They're making money. Now, today, if, if we're not fulfilled and in love with our jobs, then it's almost like this— you know, like crisis. And in my mm-hmm. mind, it's like, we are so blessed to be living today where there are so many different options that, that, that you can make work um, that, you know, when I hear people complain about things, I'm almost like, you've been trying for how long? You've been trying for two months? Like, like like look at this person over here. They, they just hit it after six years right? or right. 10 years, you know, like it takes hard work. And I think people expect to become overnight sensations when yeah when even even the people that are making tons of money like they are putting so much pressure on themselves each video each instagram post and you know a lot of times they'll burn out and just need to take a month off which which i'm a huge proponent of i i think we were made and i know i'm talking about so many different things right now but we, we were made to like work work and then rest yeah um i mean if you look at other countries they haven't always been that way i think in I think in Ru- I think in Russia, like 50 years ago, during like the Gulags, which was horrible, or maybe more like 70 years ago now, um, they they didn't they didn't rest in Russia. They would work seven days a week, right? And I just don't think that's healthy for a society. But right. I don't know how we're talking about that when I was talking about YouTube.
0: No, <laughs> no. So, I mean, I think I think too. You in in the concept of like burnout on YouTube too. I think you see people, especially in the daily vlogger sphere. You know, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of different content creators a lot of times they're like yeah they're like you know they they burn out or they're like yo i need to step back and take a break and i think that there is you have to be able to balance that hustle and Mm -hmm. set up your framework to be something that you can maintain consistently so if you're like yo that's something i'm thinking about right now on this podcast because right now i'm psyched on it yeah i'm like yo i could do three of these a week yeah 100% yeah like i could sit down with somebody talk right when we finish up, roll it back, sit there for six hours, mm-hmm. edit, get all the, you know, promo, whatever, you know, get the posts together, chop it up, get the clips and post it, you know, the next day, maybe two days later, you know? Um, but, and I, and I'm like, cause I'm like there psyched on it now. Yeah, but, you know, I'm also trying to think too, like what's something that would be sustainable that's like, can be consistent so that I can, you know, cause consistency is a huge part of like the success formula on YouTube. Yeah. And so it's like being, being logical and being able to step back For a second, when you're doing something and be like, How can I frame this to be something I can be consistent with? Instead mm-hmm. of people come into something, they love it and they're hyped on it and they like kind of like overcommit. I'm gonna post daily, I'm gonna post five days a week, yeah. post whatever. And then in you know, six months in, they're like, This is torture.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, you wanna, you want to under promise and over deliver to, to your fans yeah. or to, to people that are you know engaged with you. So, that's good. That's a good thing for like business. This is good thing for for YouTube. Uh but it's it's good to find, you know, that balance. Um so question for you. All right. Let's where, what... you know, like what what are some of your goals here in the next like 6 months or 12 months for for your your career? Like what what are you trying to build
0: ultimately? Um by the by a year from uh basically the beginning of August, mm-hmm. I want to be doing my online content full-time got it um mainly being this music and this podcast okay and then there's maybe one other avenue of like content creation i'd like to move down in the future that's to kind of preview what i'm hoping yeah. it to be i just want to be able to take basically i want to take a portion of my income yep um and do nice things for people nice and have that like and that's the whole podcast or that's the whole show yeah. You know? so it's like once a week or once a you know probably maybe once a month whatever it is i want to be able to take like a portion of what i make and find some like nice way to do something good for somebody mm-hmm. and then also um like invite people to do that with me so mm-hmm. that we can like maybe you know as a, like if it were to be something to grow and grow to be at a position when there's like a natural disaster in the world yeah to where it's like okay now we have like this amount of money set aside to like grab two people, fly somewhere, mm-hmm. and just, like, help people because, like, I and, like, I, other people have committed to be, like, yo, like, I want it to be pretty simple, too, yeah. you know, like, and people are, like, I don't know, like, I, I literally want the purpose to be, like, I want to just take my money and help people, mm-hmm. and, 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 in a, in a, in a, a way that is selfless, I think genuinely, but also because it's like, I, I like to do it, mm-hmm. you know, in a way it's because, because I like to do it because yeah. I want to do it, you know, like in a way I think it's like, you know, uh, people, people look at like people that might do something like that, you know, and I think they would think like, wow, it's like so nice of them to, you know, whatever. Like you see somebody like Mr. Beast. Yeah. That was just going to say yes, Mr. Yes, Beast. Yeah. It's like a little bit of a different angle for sure, things, you know, but, but he's just like, yeah, I just, you know, I like to. Give people stuff and help people, you know, and yeah. it's like so. Like I don't know, like I'm nice, but but also I like to do it. It's for me too, and I think there is like an element of that that's that's real that you would be like, you know, uh, uh, it's like maybe silly to ignore, but for me it's like yo, I think it would be super fun, yeah, to like be able to see someone that's like, you know, I think it'd be fun, and I think like even beyond fun, like meaningful and enjoyable to be able to just like see someone that needs help and be like yo, like yeah, I got you, I can help you, or like to have a community of people that can do that if it's not just a person, it's like something goes really wrong somewhere, you know, like mm-hmm. a natural disaster or like a shooting or like whatever it is and mm-hmm. to be in a position and like have this team to be able to go in and, and like, you know, utilize the internet, I feel like a lot of times yeah. too people people talk about like, you know, there's, uh, there's all this, there's bad news out there, you know. know, it's all you see is like negative stuff and all you see is like whatever it is and I think that, you know, there's an element of that that's true because like, you know, bad news makes yeah, headlines bad and whatever it happens. is But I also think, too, that the internet can totally be leveraged in a way to where it's, like, to make good things, Mm. like, just as relevant, you know, to be able to have this, like, if you got a group of, like, a thousand people that are, like, yo, we're going to give a dollar a week to just, like, help.
1: And you give one person a thousand dollars a week.
0: Yeah, you know, and and if it's, like something as simple as like somebody that their car, they get in a car accident and Mm -hmm. they just like really need a new car. And it's like, yo, like I can get you this car. It's not a nice car, but I can, you know, it's going to like get you, you can continue with your life or, you know, whatever it is. People, people that like have medical bills for. Yeah. And you you have a list of people that are like submitting
1: what they have and what they need help with. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That maybe people submitting or even like what I, what I'd like it to be eventually is kind of have like this community that is together that is like. Um, we, we can all come in and someone can just like throw out an idea. And if everyone's like, yeah, like that seems like a worthwhile thing. Like yeah. we want to help people in that way. Then it's like, cool. Like, let's, I'm going to take some time and maybe get a couple people that can help depending on what it is. And we'll facilitate a way and let's like have a two-way conversation about how we think we can most efficiently help this problem. And then. Yeah, we'll get out there and do it, you know. And then, and then, and, and I think there's a lot of things too that need they need help, mm-hmm. but they also just need people to be aware that that it's an issue, you know. Mm-hmm. I think like maybe like human trafficking is like a place where that's legit, that's like a, huge, a legit concern. You yeah, know? And, I'm really passionate and about in LA stopping and in, that. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's brutal. Right, right. And I think like that sort of stuff too is something that you know maybe the the money's part of the help, but I think part of the help too could be like getting it on the radar of people that like, yo, this is a problem and it's not just something that's happening, you know, in other yeah. countries that you, you, you see in a movie like Taken or whatever it yeah. is. But like, it's like, no, like this stuff happens in our backyard here in LA. This stuff happens like-
1: At our big airports, LAX, yeah. Miami, that yeah. stuff happens right under our nose. Right, like I've, right. I've, you know, listened to Chris, Christine King, King yeah. at, at, A-21. at A21. Shout
0: out to A21. Yeah,
1: big shout out to them. And even here in LA, there's a few groups where they actually are looking for- Guys to come at night as they're um, reaching out to some of the young women and kind of offering them a way out, and yes. you know having the the young men be essentially security for them when they go out at two in the morning, three in the mm-hmm. morning. So I, I'm on the I, I sh- need to eventually I think I'm on the list to volunteer, but they okay. there. Okay. But that that topic is huge, and just like that element of doing good in the world that you just talked about with with creating a community is a way to let, like leverage the internet in a way that we weren't able to. You know, 20 years ago or so, or however long it's been around now. Right. Uh, that's so exciting. I mean, dude, that's exciting. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that could be really big. I mean, Mr. Beast, the model is definitely there. Right. I mean, um, he's interesting. I think he got to 200,000 subs
0: on an iPhone 5 or so. Right. Right. It, and, and also, for people to know, I thought of him earlier, too, but when yeah. we were talking about the time thing. You know, 200,000 subscribers on an iPhone 5 over the span of, like, six or seven years. Yeah, and then and then blew up, and all of a sudden Mr. Beast blows up out of nowhere. But it's yeah. like no, 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 no. He was on a grind for a long time. He was on a grind before, before.
1: anybody knew who he was. You know? If you're if if you're listening to this, and you don't know who he is. Just like do a YouTube search of Mr. Beast. Yeah, um, he's super fun, super, super funny, interesting, yeah. humble. You know, he's he has um, this other. I have a friend. He actually he, bought Vid
0: Summit. Did just he really? recently too? Yeah, um. yeah.
2: So he much, or invested you know in it and bought it. Probably invested I don't in know,
0: it. man, but yeah. I think he—I think he bought it straight out from Daryl Eaves. Really? Um, and yeah, they—you know—even if you think about something that charges eight hundred bucks, yeah, you get even I think a thousand I saw an email people for to show that up. actually,
1: because he was a speaker at this convention close to LAX. I th- I yeah, forget what it was called, but it, it might yeah, have been I think summit. it was good summit.
0: So yeah, even you know, there's there's a lot of money in those things for sure. Yeah. So this is interesting. So in I think anyway, anyway, f- so we're kind of moving around a couple different. No, I mean,
1: hopefully people enjoy what we're talking about if oh, yeah. they're still listening. <laughs> um, but I have a friend who saw what Mr. Beast was doing, and he modeled himself after Mr. Beast. And now he's known as the Twitter philanthropist. And what oh, he, wow. what he does is he, he he it's kind of it's kind of he takes people that are in need and then he like gives them money. Amazing. Uh, uh, yeah. he, he he doesn't really rally a community and go out and do it with his with his fans. I, um but he's an example of someone who saw something that works and then decided to really pounce on it. And he went from, I think five or ten k on Twitter to over five hundred k on Twitter. Okay, well, in in just a couple of months. No, no. Granted, oh, he wow. Well, he has like the money to really. And he has the money to just be like, giving he's out, giving yeah. people like bitcoins and like. Oh wow! Yeah, that's like ten grand or no, whatever. No, no, yeah, yeah. it's, it's like eleven grand right now. Um, Crazy, bro. Let's hey, talk
0: a little bit more about that. In I think we four need seconds. a commercial break. Commercial break. <laughs> Here's a spicy commercial for you. Love it. Yo, this ad is going to be super short because this podcast is long and. Full of breaks already, but uh, I'm on Instagram. If you want to be friends and talk and ask me any questions, shoot me a DM, whatever it is. You can find me on Instagram at Jake Roque Music, Jake R O Q U E Music, and uh, we can connect there. Let's finish up the show. For now, I'm just like screw it. I'm just gonna record, and it's gonna come together. And the I, first dude, episode's I love perfect. And who cares? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, that's half the battle. It's just just you know, getting out of bed and doing it. Right. Right. Like it's when you're going to the gym. Just half the battle is getting there yeah you know yeah
0: that's well, super half, maybe true 10 percent. i mean i i would say i would i would argue more than half wow it's like getting out of your bed and just yeah. strapping on your shoes and getting there because because once you once you do the first rep the rest of it's easy yeah everything else is super easy it's like setting aside the time and showing up and getting there and yeah
1: no I, so are you a morning or a night workout person I'm a, uh, by so the way, I'm actually. Are, are, are
0: we back? We're we back. Okay, yeah, good. I just. Well, it's just gonna be back. Love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm. I'm. Uh, it depends. I. I like to work out in the morning. I think it's maybe like a better way to yeah. go about it. I also. I'm a personal trainer. So I've been oh, personal training for the past like yeah oh, eight, or, eight or nine months or so. Dude, that's um, awesome. Which so yeah, I feel like it's been like I a totally while since I got up there. But so I've been doing that. Um, and honestly for me, it's like whenever I'm just going to be at the gym. So like right mm-hmm. now, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday nights, mm-hmm. I usually work. And then Monday, Wednesday during the day I work. So I try to throw my workouts in around that. Yeah. If I didn't do that, just cause I don't want to drive back and forth to the gym multiple times a day. Yeah,
1: no, I know. I get it. Um, if I Efficiency. didn't do that,
0: I would love to be like a, like Monday through maybe, maybe like a Sunday through Thursday, yeah. Sunday through Friday morning workout. Yep. like, like I think is a good way to go about it. Um, mm. cause I'm just big on like routine. I find like when I find I'm happiest mm-hmm. when I'm functioning inside of a routine yeah. and when I let my like routine drop off, I like get sad, you know? And yeah. like, yeah. And I, and I, and I think that people, some people are wired different ways and some people need, you know, different things. I have, I like have a really big predisposition towards like adventure and like lack of routine and mm-hmm. i think that's why routine is so profound for me because like it, it's not what comes naturally to me in a way got uh, it so
1: routine doesn't come naturally to you but you're but, self-aware but enough I to need know it. that you need it yeah got it okay yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's not my natural instincts but but it is like that being said it's like so 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 good for me mm-hmm. because i don't do it normally yeah
1: that's that's so interesting because uh, you know that you need it, but it's not come 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 natural. Like I yeah. need routine, and I'm happier in routine for sure. But yeah. I I don't like so I'm on a few dating profiles right now, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm you know single and trying to eventually find a girlfriend and then a wife and a family and all that stuff. Right. Because uh, I'm 31 now, and you yeah. know, I, I I want that, but your biological I, I, clock is taking. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just as kidding. I'm on, sorry, I need to, I need to tie that uh, in here. So yeah. as I'm on these dating apps, a lot a lot of the women I'm. I'm seeing in their profiles. It's all about like they love adventure, they love travel, they they want a guy that can make them laugh and can, t- can do all these things. And, yeah, yeah. And spontaneous. <laughs> and here I am working tw- <laughs> tw- 12 hours a day. people probably don't really
0: want that. I'm know, like, do too. you really want yeah. spontaneous every day? Like they think they want that because like the rom com movies. It sounds good but, too. Yeah. But when you're with someone like that, you're like, this is this is kind of stressful and exhausting. Yeah. And, and that comes from like I'm I'm more that person. Yeah. And like naturally, I think and and. There, I mean, there are definitely pros and cons to it, but I think what it's you know a a lot of (laughs) women are more inclined to be attracted to someone who is like consistent and stable and like steady Eddie is what is what one of the pastors. Calls them Yeah. And maybe not, maybe, and maybe attracted to is maybe not the right word because I think people are, I think, you know, a lot of times girls are attracted, like the, the common, maybe like the stereotype, right. Yeah. Which I think is like based in some truth is like the, like, it usually is based you in want some the truth. bad boy. That's like the, you know, that's all, you know, that kind of thing, yep. you know, or whether it's the bad boy, whether it's like someone that's like dangerous and adventurous and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. it's like really what is probably would be good. <laughs> like, you know, six months in a year in six years in, you know, is someone that's just going to be like a good partner you uh-huh. know yeah that's like a good the thing. teammate.
1: that's the thing is like the media doesn't do a good job portraying what a real successful marriage should look like uh-huh. like they're not going to make for a great movie like a great marriage is somewhat it's boring a
0: perfect like Instagram oh like, gosh news feed yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah no I know well we're
1: trained to, to like Look at things that kind of give us a dopamine hit, and like right. what that means is something new or something crazy, or like how is this Instagram caption or feed or picture gonna, you know, zap you like get your attention, right? Right, right. But then if you look at like what real life entails, it's you know, let's let's say fast forward to when we're forty-five and we have kids and a wife, or whatnot, like. It's gonna be like, hey honey, like who's gonna pick up the kids on Thursday? Like what are we doing for dinner tonight? so and so went to the doctor, are they okay? Did you get their medicine? Like it's a lot of teammate, like they're your co-captain. Right, right. It's right. not always this like, oh my gosh, I feel so in love with you. It's so romantic <laughs> yeah. all the time. Like, <laughs> like you need know, a good you, partner. You need a good partner, right, a good teammate, right. and like these movies. And and our culture does not train us to look for a good partner. It trains us to look for what makes you feel good. Right. And that's a huge disservice because it sets people up for divorce, to be quite honest, in my my opinion. And and when I look at the people that have the best, and I know this isn't like a dating relationship podcast. Dude, we can talk about whatever the heck we (laughs) want to talk about. This is just a crazy topic. But like, I'm just hyper aware that, that real life entails so much more practicality and and a lot of my mentors that I've been fortunate enough to really talk to that have good marriages, they, they will all say like, you you need to look for someone who, um, is, is, is going to be able to compromise and going to be able to really be a good co-captain like with you. And conflict
0: resolution conflict that's, resolution is huge. Oh gosh, that's the biggest part. Have you had a lot of conflict really. in your life was or so what? So much what that conflict? <laughs> No, I think I think uh you have to one you have to be able to like I think people the one of the biggest things for relationships to work long term is people have to be able to like pull their emotions mm-hmm. back, you know, be able to like get a handle of your emotions and be able to sit and talk with someone and be like, "Okay, like here's what happened." Yeah. Maybe and maybe not even pull your emotions out of it because I think it's important to like be like, "You did this and it made me feel this way," you yeah. know, or like, "I did this and it did it make you feel like something." I feel like there's some disconnect in you know, like being able to like understand each other and yeah. being able to do those things like maturely and calmly and like have those conversations and and when there's like a lack of that, Mm-hmm. In, in relationships, things just like fall apart and also being able to initiate those conversations. Yeah. I think too, when people just avoid the conflict, like, you know, people just get really resentful mm-hmm. and they get so, like, you know, all this, all of a sudden people are, you know, when someone is angry at you and you yeah. don't know why, that's a tough thing. All right. Cause if you like, if someone's upset with you and they're being like passive aggressive or whatever it is because like there's some sort of resentment over something, it's like, that's not fair to the other person because they, you know, you can't fix something if you don't know what's wrong. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you can tell me what the problem is, and this is maybe more of, like, the classic guy, like, just tell me what the problem is yeah, and I'll fix it, you know? But I know. but I think, you know, there's an element of truth. Like, on both sides, you have to be able to go to the other person and say, like, hey, if something's wrong, you got to be able to talk. That's not a guy or girl thing. You know, if something's wrong, you got to be able to come to the other person and be like, hey, this is a yeah. problem, and we got to be able to talk it through and resolve it.
1: And communicating is, is hard because you have to be vulnerable and you have to really open your heart up if you want to effectively, you know, meet them where they're at and allow yourself to be met where you're at. And, and it's not something, you know, and, and and this is, this is a tie-in of what we're talking about right now, but in this, in this day and age of social media, like we're, we're becoming more and more inclined to not be able to have those long focused intentional conversations because we're on our phones for four hours a day, mm. right? Like our attention are like, that's not helping for people with like, you know, ADHD and, I think that started with Vine. I mean, I, you know, had like RIP Vine, but I I was addicted to that. And, you know, I'd go to bed at 11 and then it'd be like two in the morning and I just spent three hours on Vine. And it was so much fun. But, you know, then it trained me to not be able to focus on sitcoms as much. Like I would watch a, a thing with my roommate back in 20. You know 10 or 11 and like it was weird even after a few months of watching vine i started to watch tv and not have the the attention span mm, and yeah, and yeah. and and i'm like one generation that was only that was like a few months like imagine right. what our grandkids are going to be like dealing with yeah right like it's well i crazy. think there's
0: also this resurgence in kind of like in it. i think i think culture is like a pendulum in okay. a lot of ways and i think this it goes for I think this goes for like politics I think this goes yeah. for like a lot
1: of different things modesty or fashion can yeah. go back and yeah, yeah, yeah
0: I think um music yeah the the concept of like right because for for a minute we, we were accustomed to this longer forms of content right we we're watching oh, yeah like tv shows and stuff yeah. and then there was this swing towards like vine and uh-huh. everyone's like this six second like just give me that short punch yeah. you know whatever it is maybe you know that six second video or maybe 15 second videos on instagram whatever it was and then i think you're seeing this shift this swing back in this past couple of years of people to like we were talking about the Joe Rogans, yeah, or like the, Bernie
1: Sanders was on Joe Rogan.
0: Bernie Sanders, yeah, that was that was super super interesting, and it's and like helpful. this long form sort of discussion. Andrew Yang was on. There. I think every presidential yep. candidate, high key, I think every presidential candidate should be required to go they on sh- Joe Rogan <laughs> and and long form like yeah. talk out your positions because it's really interesting too. I'm I'm someone like like uh, uh, you know in in a political sense, I feel uh-huh. like I'm totally comfortable to say like no, I'm, I'm, too. I'm pretty center. Yeah ish but I I like have a lot of like conservative and like libertarian mm-hmm. specific ideals I have some more like what would be considered like liberal ideals that mm-hmm. I think are like pretty spot on you know and so I'm like
2: somewhere yeah. in this
0: weird middle there and I think that I'm there because when you like really get to hear out mm-hmm. people on both sides It's hard to like, like if you're, uh, I'll I'll say this comfortably. (laughs) If you're someone who's like very strongly on one side of the political spectrum, in my opinion, you're not listening. Uh You're not listening to the other side because, uh, you know, and, and I think people can have different reasons for believing different things or whatever it is. And I think like if you're someone who is like, okay a lot of people are one issue voters, right? So yeah, like, like abortion. Yes. Yeah. abortion's yeah, is a classic a one. one. I'm going to vote issue. for someone that's pro abortion. I'm going to vote for someone who's anti-abortion, yeah. you know? And that's like, that's all, you know, people will vote on. And I get that, you know, like people mm-hmm. have their things, whatever's important to people, like that's okay. But I think as far as like conversationally, maybe not when it comes to like voting, if you're someone who's like, I'm a hundred percent, I think everything Donald Trump does is right. Or I, yeah. I think everything Donald Trump does is wrong, yeah. you know, or like that kind of thing. It's like, like, you know, if you're not able to maybe again, like pull your emotions out of it and just like hear people out mm-hmm. or like even hear, you know, or separate the person from it feel like emotionally attached and like look at people's positions and yeah. like honestly listen to people. It's hard to be like one yeah. side is totally right, you know?
1: Yeah. For the people who become so extreme, usually I found is that they get some of their identity in that belief. And uh-huh. as soon as you attach your identity to either a tribe or like a sports team or whatnot then that can become a really dangerous place to be because right. then you you're not open to critical thinking to an extent because mm-hmm. you're 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 fully bought into that quote unquote like way of life right and that's not healthy uh, I'm similar to you in that I I'm I'm more in the middle I'm a registered libertarian okay yeah. um, but I always say that I'm I'm in the middle I Uh, I, I think that in order to really, you know, think critically about these issues, you do need to hear both sides and, and podcasts are the great, the great way to do that. That was a good point about how like we had Vine and now we're back to three hour podcasts. And it's like, it it is a weird place. And I want,
0: you know, and I watch them all the way through and so do a heck of a lot of other people They do. I mean, it might
1: take me three gym sessions, but I'll get through them, right? especially if it's something that's interesting. Uh, but you know, I think when it comes to the when it comes to the political thing um you know we're in a really weird place in our history where i feel like the right is so far to the right and the left is even more far to the left uh there's a lot at stake and because there's a lot at stake there's more and more people coming out that are really passionate Mm -hmm. because we have a president who was a tv show host and he's he's weird because he has his own money and is not beholden to any one party to an extent so it's just a weird time Mm -hmm. uh but have you? Um, this is random. Do you think that aliens
0: exist or no? Oh man, because <laughs> this, I, is, <laughs> I think, here's okay. So, here's my honest answer is I think
1: that, um, I mean, I, I, they 100% exist. I'm just gonna say it, yeah. I'm, I'm so convinced. So, so I
0: think that it's it's hard for like I wouldn't really operate from a place where I think that like aliens exist, yeah. I think that like that doesn't change our daily life, right? But, right? Right? Yeah. I think that, um I think that I certainly don't know for sure if yeah. aliens exist and I certainly don't know for sure that they don't exist, yeah. right? That's kind of like where I'd position my my like Yeah. viewpoint like <laughs> and I and I'd say that like if you were to look at it like probability-wise like Yeah. prob I would I would lean towards gosh i don't know like like i don't i don't like i don't i wouldn't say that i'm like a hundred percent like i think aliens exist by any means yeah i don't know i i don't have a strong opinion on it but but i think that it's i guess what i will say is i think that it's very possible
1: yeah no i I definitely think it's if not if not probable so bob lazar was on j um uh impossible implausible what's that podcast with um Logan Paul, uh, yeah, yeah, Logan. impulsive, yeah, yeah, impulsive, yeah, that's it. Um, so Bob Lazar had pictures of these aliens and all these crazy stories, but um, yeah, I just, it, I just hear like a lot of people talking about that all the time. So I was just yeah. curious what your thoughts were.
0: That's a, fu- that's a funny
1: question. But I, I if it is, have- it is
0: interesting. It's like an interesting. Th- like thought because i you know i've watched i feel like i've watched a couple people talk about you know yeah i don't think that i think like the a lot of the ufo thing is like yes yeah yeah I and think remember so, yeah. Were, you, were you were you yeah you were around in la when elon musk launched that oh yeah put a tesla in thing. space no 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 not when he put the tesla oh. in space there was another time it was back did you did you ever come to the silver lake house when i lived at the silver lake house and like um, we, we threw like the a couple of parties maybe once at a barbecue yeah yeah something like that yeah um, I remember back back when I was there, so maybe it was probably like a year and a half ago or so, okay. like, there was like, Elon lost, launched something into the sky. And yeah. I remember everyone was like crying UFOs and like blah, blah. And I think that like a lot of times when, if somebody were to see something like that, like independently, they're going to yeah. think like aliens and blah, blah. And I think a lot of times like there's an explanation for it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I, like I think that aliens probably have never visited Earth. You know, mm. I think if there are aliens out there, they're like are probably on their own planet. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I wonder if there's aliens out there, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like yeah. somewhere really, 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 really far away, you know? Probably. Yeah. yeah. No, I yeah. I get that. But, but who knows?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wonder if we'll ever know in our lifetime, because I know that the government knows one way or the other. To to an extent, um, they might not know if they if they don't. But they might okay. Know so they you, do. so
0: you think so you think the, the government? I think in like our lifetime
1: might... we'll find out more. Yeah, that's what I think.
0: I th- that's probably true. I think, I think if that, they exist,
1: we'll find out more.
0: Yeah, I don't think that the government has like made contact with aliens. You don't. I don't.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know about that either. Because how would you communicate if you can't speak another? I mean, there's ways, I guess, but that's I, it's a bizarre. It is,
0: one. A, yeah, that's that's a. We could go down the road. No, for I know, long, but, I know. <laughs> no, well, it's, it's, it's an interesting thought. thought exercise
1: even you know. Eventually, I'm down to do an episode about like dating and relationships. We'll do dating and aliens as well. Dating what and aliens. Dating and aliens.
0: <laughs> dating and aliens. Hopefully not dating aliens. Who no, knows? There's a lot to talk to you about that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Amazing. Maybe maybe to to move towards wrapping this up here. Yeah. Um, if I were to have. You know, there's there's to kind of pull it away from some of this other stuff here. I have this list of kind of interesting, more personal questions. I'm oh, I might roll off maybe one or two of those in a in a quick Yeah, speedfire. In a quicker format. Questions for the podcast. Note on my phone. Let's see. I love see. that. I love the notes file.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, I love this question. It's so fun. Okay. If you were to succeed at whatever you tried to do next, what would you try to do that you haven't really given a shot yet?
1: I would join a uh, a startup company that I really believed in from, like, the ground up because I feel mm-hmm. like there's a lot of opportunity right now from, uh, like, if we look at what's going on in, in other countries or, or even here in America where things are headed, I, I just, I think there's so much opportunity and it's just a matter of, like, really thinking through what that is. I, I love full screen, though, and I don't know how, how long I'll, I'll be there, um, but... You know, if you start your own company and you own something, or if you create your own IP and your own content, I mean, that's where true wealth is ultimately created. And I've always been a big reader and, you know, thinking about like, how am I going to manage my money? And I've tried to be really kind of, kind of wise with that. And yeah. they all say the same thing, like you need, to, um, you need to create something and add value and give something to society. So I'd, I'd want to be a successful entrepreneur.
0: That's cool. What are what are a couple books you'd recommend? I, I feel like oh you gosh. Least, I know so you do many. read a lot. Yeah. What are what are like a few if you were to write a laugh like three or four? Like
1: Okay, I would say uh, The Power of Thinking Big is 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 really great. Um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which is a okay. weird title. Or no, he wrote uh, sorry, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um uh I would say um, um, who is the first one by? The first one, I don't remember the author, but the power of thinking big of thinking is big. is okay. just it's all about your your mindset.
0: I'll look up some of these. Yeah, um, Dale Carnegie was on. Dale
1: Carnegie uh, was, was how, to, how, win how to win friends, influence people. Napoleon Hill was think and grow rich, uh-huh. I believe. I would say so. Jordan Peterson's book uh, Twelve Rules for Life, yeah, is a really that's pretty dense, and he gets into philosophy. Uh, and he has some great YouTube videos where he. Um, debate Sam Harris who's right. also has a great podcast.
0: There's even in, in I, I actually just finished up 12s for life a, oh, a couple a couple months ago probably nice. too. but there's um, I'll drop in this YouTube video If you're listening to this podcast yeah. you can go over to the YouTube channel um, and check it out I'll drop a link there for people that are like maybe I don't want to read that whole book I think it's a really really great book. There's also a talk that he does It's about an hour hour and a half long where mm-hmm. he kind of summarizes a lot of the rules the 12 yeah. rules for life um, that I think is like a good intro place that I've sent to a few friends. I mm-hmm. sent, yeah, that have like watched and they've been like, wow, this is really interesting. Some of them went on to like read the whole book and stuff. Um, but I'll link that down in the description. Yeah, put that thing. down there for sure. It's a good starting place.
1: Yeah, I, I'd say I've read a book about dating called The Sacred Search, which is really good. Okay. Talks yeah. about how to date, why to date, um, how to, you know, be a man that respects women and what that looks like. Yeah. And then, you know, I read a lot of nonfiction, but for fiction, I would read uh, The Chronicles of Narnia is, is my favorite Fic- Epic. fiction. Epic. Those are just, those are, those are class. There's, there's seven. They're really short and uh, they're, they're incredible. Amazing.
0: C.S. Lewis. Last question for you. Okay. Um, gosh, I did, I had a spicy one prepared. You could ask the just, spicy I just, one. I just forgot it. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> you gotta write it down. <laughs> I, can, I do need to write it down. Yeah. Let me, a good thing I can cut this podcast. Um, oh yeah, gosh! What was the? What was the topic? Oh yes, okay, I remember. Oh nice. This is actually a question. So you, so one of my uh, one of my good friends, Quabis. Oh, I love um, Quabis. Yeah, he's a really amazing yeah. drummer. Um, we were at coffee recently. This is a question that I'll probably ask a lot of people. In fact, I, like I got to give like cre- question cred to him. Oh yeah, because he's this He's a great question him. asker. By he's the way. he's a great question asker. This is actually a question that someone asked him in a drum clinic he was doing he did a Q&A portion Is this he in it was South Africa when really he did profound yeah yeah. I th- yeah yes Maybe. yeah he's in China right now doing clinics oh really and then he's he's gonna be on the show probably in a couple of weeks nice. when, he's, when he's back from China dude I love that he crashed on uh, my couch
1: for a week a couple of years ago and it uh, was like yeah. the best like I'd get home from work and we'd have the best conversations at night yeah just about life right. and, I, cr- you know.
0: I crashed on his crouch, did couch you, <laughs> for like a couple of weeks yeah when I was dude uh, paying it back yeah, paying yeah, it forward whatever yeah, it's called yeah That's great um, that's so funny. Yeah, so so just to give give the cred where yep. cred is due, um, he. So the the question is, oh um, it's gonna be hard. We'll, we'll, no, it's a it's a pretty simple question, but okay. I feel like it's a it's an interesting one yeah. and it impacted him a lot. But what is something that's really true about you uh-huh. that not a lot of people know, but you wish that they knew? Um. Yeah. could be about your personality, about about work, about like anything.
1: Yeah. I would say, I would say that, um, like people, um, well, one thing that's not about my personality, but about my my life is I, when I was younger, I stuttered really, really bad. Like I couldn't Mm. even talk. So I had a Mm -hmm. speech therapist and my childhood was really difficult starting from when I was like three or four where I couldn't really speak. Um, I, my brain was going um, way ahead of the, the fact that my words weren't coming out of my mouth. And and up until I was like 10 or 12, like I still had a speech pathologist. So that was really difficult. And even today, I have to like think through it, uh, you know, and think through it like, what am I going to say? Right, Does that word right. make sense? So that's that's been a really, that's been a burden I've had to care and just kind of like not people, like people don't really know about it because I can hide it a, to an extent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am I'm a fast talker and I, I go too quickly and then it kind of comes out a little bit. Uh, but ultimately, like, that's just something that I feel like people... I feel like when it does come out, people might judge me and be like, well, why, why did you stutter there? And in my brain, I'm, I'm thinking, like, I know I looked weird. I, I can't help it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's really difficult. Yeah. Um, so when I saw that movie, A King's Speech, which was about that that guy who stuttered, like, I was crying in that movie because I had so much empathy for him. Yeah. Um, but I, I also think, like, I've had a lot of really crappy things happen to me in my life, and uh-huh. people... People look at at me and think, um, like, "Oh, you you seem like you have it together. Like, you it, like like life must be really easy for you." Yeah. But I've had I've had to really like bust my ass. Like in high school, I think I slept four hours a night for four years just because I put so much pressure on myself to get straight A's. Yeah. And I I wasn't sleeping. I, I was in all these AP classes, and I wanted to get a college scholarship and 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 like like no one sees that today. They right. they just look and say, "Oh, you you know that that job looks cool. You're so lucky." And in my head, I'm going, "Oh, that's tough. I'm lucky. Yeah, <laughs> you think I'm lucky? Like,
0: like I know yeah. I was
1: fortunate to live in this amazing country and have right, this cool. Right. T- you know, I but I had to I had to still had to do something for it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I I think that's something that not a lot of people know is how hard I've had to work. And I'm not. I don't need pity or anything. I mean. Like right. I, I don't even talk about that, but that's right. one thing. That's a good question. Yeah, it is. Like I didn't. Uh, that's I did not have an answer. There's like to some meditated. things
0: in you know. There's like some things in you that it's like, man, like, like this oh, is I so true. I know. wish, yeah, I wish people knew. But but a lot of times too, you know, no one ever asks that question. You don't have an opportunity to be like, this do you this have an answer? Or
1: like, are you ever gonna that answer no that, or to just me? gonna ask your guest that? That's
0: it. That's it. Yeah. That's a good question. So, so yeah, I I haven't I never even in having asked people this question, having heard it, I I don't think I've really thought of an answer for myself. But
1: yeah, well, you can I wait think, for the next I guest.
0: Think, uh, well, I'll give you. Yeah. Give well, you. the first thing that came to mind is something something somewhat related to like temperament, mm. um, because I think that people people have like interesting perceptions of mm-hmm. me. I feel like um, sometimes people think like, oh, he's I think I He's, really, uh, I think. Well, I don't know. I, I guess people have a lot of impressions of me. So, so I feel so great. like people people can say, well, you know, a lot of yeah. a lot of different things, people, positive and negative. You know, yeah. I feel like I'm somewhat of a like more polarizing kind of person. So like, if people meet me, they're like, oh wow, I really like that guy. Or like, oh, like I don't like, like him, you know, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like I. I, if I were to guess, I don't, I feel like I don't, you never get a lot of feedback on like what people think about you when they first meet you or whatever. But um, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess what I would want people to know is like, I, I feel like I'm really intentional with how I interact with people and like everything that I do doesn't come naturally to me. Mm. You know, that's a big thing that when some people think, Oh, you're so like, like I said, earlier, Oh, you're so like, you know, your routine so much. Like you're such like a good, like routine person. I'm like, I'm, I'm good at it because I like because I suck at it. Yeah. You know, like I know that I'm so predisposed to not go this way that that's why I'm so disciplined. And yeah. you know, or people are like, Oh, you know, like you're so, even if someone's like, Oh, you're so nice to people or you're so it's like, like, no, I am normally mean I have to, no, mean it's it. like, it's like, yeah. It's like, they're like, Oh, you're just such a whatever type of person, you know, when people can say that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like, no, that's not me. Like I have to fight for it, you know? And it's like, and, and you like, and other people, you know, people are like, oh, you're so, yeah, I don't know. Whatever kind of thing, you know, it's like, no, like uh, this isn't normal Mm -hmm. for me. Like, in fact, it's really, really hard Mm -hmm. a lot of times. And it's like, but I choose it still anyways, you know? And it's like, and I think too, sometimes it's hard when people say like, you know, and when people are like, oh, that's easy for you because you're this way. And it's yeah. like, no, it's not easy for me because I'm not that way, but yeah. I choose to do it anyways. You know, and I think there's like a lot of different applications of that. But that yeah, yeah angle that's good. It. Yeah,
1: that's good. It's like it's like you're on a diet because, you know, if you eat ice cream, you're just going to eat the whole thing. So you right. have to be disciplined. So it, you know,
0: And that's a good example, too, because I'm a very like <laughs> momentum based person. <laughs> and, Got it. and I like a lot of times I have to do the little things correctly and Mm -hmm. like people don't get like why it's so important to me. It's like, no, I, I have to like get up and like read or like, you know, sometimes it's, and it's a different thing. Sometimes, sometimes it's like meditate or sometimes it's like get a workout in or sometimes it's like read the, read my Bible or whatever it is. Like it changes up from time to time, but it's like, it's like sometimes I I have to do the little things because if I don't everything else falls apart. Falls you know, apart. And People are like they no, don't get. It. It's like no, it's not that the little thing's not a big deal. I'm like no, that thing. are right. It's not a big deal, <laughs> but like but but it is in the way that it relates to yeah. everything else that I do.
1: Well, just real quick before we end, I just want to, you know, encourage you because you're doing so many different things really well, and you're you're sticking to it. You know, like we've known each other for a few years, and I'm really excited to see where where this is going. And it's not easy, but like, you know, you have a lot of really great things going. And this is, dude, this is awesome just to be here and talk about this. And bro, I want to come on again. Like, the, bro, I, just, I would love
0: to have you back on. We're like, okay, we good. get it. Yeah, we're we're in it. I feel like the. Yeah, we, like, love consuming this type of content, yeah. too. So and like, the
1: good news is, if you guys have questions, you know, we're at a stage where we could probably answer a handful of them because we're not totally. going to have, like, 30,000 comments like, you know, Joe Rogan. But that's totally. good because then we can talk about them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then maybe in a few years we'll be, at the, you'll be at that point. Right, right.